listen. You need to take good care of your mother. Uh, take care of mom? But you can do that too, right? You can take care of mom too, can't you, dad? Dad? You're listening to The Next Dimension. Dragon Ball Z presents Chapter 273. Farewell, proud warrior. 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 Welcome back to our June episode of The Next Dimension. I am Jesse. With me is my cohort, Donovan Morgan and Grant. How are you, Don? I'm well. How are you, Jesse? I am awesome. I'm, uh, this is my, the first episode recording in what I'm going to dub Kami House. <laughs> Where the beaches are hot and the bitches are hotter? <laughs> with, with much less porn mags, but, you know. Yeah, I've got a desk, uh, recording from a laptop this time, got my new headset on. Awesome. I, I, I went legit. Awesome. Very, very cool. And I know that you, you moved relatively recently. I know you've been setting up you know, your new home base with you and your girlfriend, so I'm glad that, like, you're setting things up and, you know, you have a little bit more of a comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a chair now. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see, so for this month, uh, the month of June 2014, uh, there's some, obviously we're, we're going to get some really good stuff today, or get the bad stuff. Oh, I don't know, Th- those reviews will reveal that. But um, we do have some interesting news for this month. Various news, in fact, especially concerning us being uh, more of a dub-centric, you know, more, you know, English-speaking American podcast, in that... It's been announced, um, I believe it was last week, but I won't reveal when this is being recorded, <laughs> that uh, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, the recent movie that came out last year, is being dubbed by Funimation and will officially air in uh, North American theaters in the month of August, from the week of August 5th through the, the 9th. I believe the days are 5, 6, the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, and the 9th. I don't know why they're skipping the 8th. Uh, and select theaters. They've not released the list of the theaters yet, but um, we are going to be receiving a theatrical release of the American dub. And um, not only that, but the first uh, premiere of this will be at Anime Expo at the uh, L.A. Red Carpet premiere. That will uh, This information I found on JamieFaithful.com, uh, where there's, there will also be people who are working on the dub as, you know, Chris Abatt, Sean Schimmel, Producer Justin Cook, 
uh, various people. It will be uh, uh, a red carpet showing at 8 p.m. followed by a screening at 9 p.m. So if you're in the Los Angeles area on July the 3rd, it will premiere then, and then next the month after that in August, August 5th, it will premiere on select theaters. So, Jesse, uh, DBZ is getting a theatrical release in North America. I've never seen this before in my life. Uh, real quick, you said it was skipping August 8th? Yeah, I don't know why, but every time I see, I check the uh, the date, it's always the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and the ninth. Yeah, the only thing I can see is that that's a, that's on a Friday, so maybe there's a movie premiering that they want to allot some slots to in the theaters, like a like a bigger movie. I can't think of any, but that's the only thing I got. Because yeah, I don't know why you you'd want to skip out on a Friday. That's the generally the biggest movie going day. But yeah, this is a this is pretty huge news, right? Absolutely. Have you ever have you ever seen? Uh, an anime movie in a in a theater. So it's, it's not totally unprecedented, but it's yes. very fair. Which one was that? Pokemon. Oh well, duh. Yeah, no, no. Back in this heyday, yeah, the Pokemon, the first. Was it called the first movie? I think it was best subtitle ever. <laughs> they, they were very hopeful with that franchise. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon, the first movie, which I think got a wider release because Pokemon was such a hit. It was more of a mainstream release than a limited theatrical release. Yeah, I mean that's the only anime I can think of that I've seen released in theaters, especially like, you know, a fairly wide release. Right. Right, right. I know that, like, I, I, I think they had a second Pokemon movie that I also saw in theaters. I know that, I believe I've this before, but I know that uh, there was a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie that briefly aired. I think it was a limited release as well as this one, like, for a week in theaters. I don't know how. And I think I've heard something like, Maybe Full Metal Alchemist had one, but yeah, this this is big one because it's Dragon Ball Z, which is you know one of the mammoths of North American anime franchise. I say North American, anime, but you know, in terms of North America, it's 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 one it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest franchise. Two, the movie's getting dubbed, which is pretty awesome. Not only awesome, but it's also a bit sooner than I personally expected because the movie came out. Uh, this time last year in 2013, so uh, they're moving pretty fast with this dub. I mean, I, I figured that we would probably see uh, the dub of the Buu Saga and Dragon Ball Z Kai before this movie. Beforehand, yeah. But I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I had a little bit of a lukewarm re- response to the movie in general, but it will probably hit close for home for me because it will be in the uh, American voices. What do you think? I yeah, I agree definitely. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, so right. It, it's going to be a good transition to be able to see it all in, you know, with the same context and the same actors. Now, I know I was going to try to hold off on seeing the movie until we got through with our coverage, but since it's getting a theatrical re- release, you know, I'm going to have to go ahead and go see it. I, I can't right. not see it. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we should, we should mention that, like, around August, I did the uh, public schedule to see how it correlates. By that time, we'll be covering Super Saiyan 3. We'll still be in the booth socket. But, yeah, I... I just, yeah, see it. <laughs> Honestly, it's Dragon Ball Z, a big, it's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest release of DBC in years in theaters. We cannot see this. <laughs> I now I hope that it, it's playing in a theater close by because typically with very limited run movies, South, you know, Georgia doesn't get a whole lot of them. Granted, there's Atlanta here, so we do get more than probably like Alabama or something. But mm-hmm. you know, I really hope it plays around here because I would. Uh, I want to see it. I'll be very upset if it's not. Yeah, I I have no prediction. For some reason, I feel that like Atlanta would be a prime uh, area for it because Atlanta is pretty populated. Um, I'm not sure. And there's a there's a pretty Tennessee. good anime like culture down here as far as if you go into Atlanta and go into comic shops. So it's 
it seems like a, it'd be a, a good win. And I was talking to a couple of people at work today who, you know, were talking about this movie. Like this is, you know, among among you know the geeky subculture, this is this is pretty big news. You know, it's not just like one person he- heard about it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like you're having like I don't know. Uh, which franchise am I going to insult by mentioning it? <laughs> uh, it's not like you're having Ham Tower of the movie being prepared or something. <laughs> you know, no, this is, this is, this is Dragon Ball Z. And it's like, again, again, the Battle of Gods did really, really well. They did spectacularly. And it's, and it's also, it led to sort of a renaissance or rebirth of like the Dragon Ball Z fandom. Because again, it was, it was popular, but you know, it was a thing of the past. And now it's like relevant again somehow. <laughs> Between that and Toriyama spilling his guts in every interview <laughs> about random retcons. Um, and, um, you know, and also like, you know, the release of, uh, the Dragon Ball Minus one shot that revealed Goku's birth mother. Like, this is, it's, it's been a, I find it so funny that Dragon Ball has become relevant as we've done this podcast. I know, like, like, okay. If you were to go back in time and tell Donovan of two years ago, hey, yeah, so you know you guys are gonna gonna cover the, the theatrical release of the new Dragon Ball movie, right? The animated Dragon Ball movie, right? You, what would you have said? Like, yeah, I, 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 I well, first of all, one, I'd be like, you know, wait a minute, my own podcast that's over Dragon Ball Z, and then two is like, wait a minute, I, 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 I'm not sure which which news would be first, like the ones like you know the podcast or the, the 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 movie itself like you know new con i was blown away when they announced new content for this because like they beforehand the specials didn't really count but like yeah this is a, a toriyama written movie and it's gonna be uh, dubbed <laughs> and I, yeah, i'm trying to think of an analogy of like a franchise that's lived on but hasn't had new content in what 15 years yeah i mean I don't want to compare it to Star Wars. I think Star Wars is a bigger deal globally, but it's a lot like that in that Star Wars, I don't want to say, you know, it definitely had its fans, and it was never forgotten, but when Phantom Menace came out, that was sort of like the re-energizing of the franchise that got people interested in it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you still had you, you, toys produced. You still had merchandise and similar stuff out there, and the fans kept it alive. But, yeah, like, I remember when that movie came out, it was... All of a sudden, it was relevant, and it was, this is happening now. It's in the now. It's current. It's not just, you know, nostalgia or looking back. I know what kept the DBZ franchise a bit above water was the video games, because they started doing these video games, like, near the end of Funimation's run, where they finished the series. And the video games, I think, for some reason, that uh, Japan started producing these really good video games, like Dragon Ball Z Budokai, Budokai Tenkaichi, and, uh, like, we're, like... In the 90s, they were just basically fighting games, but here they kind of re, uh, revamped the engine to where you could legitimately fly high as, you know, the sky would let you and fire all these. Like, it was it was this grand-scale, epic fighting fighting game, which felt I mean, like... What I've heard and what uh, the little bit I remember playing back in the day, they were very engrossing, and they were very, you know, they had so many characters, and you could you could, you could could get sucked into it. It was closer and closer to the DBZ experience that everybody had wanted with the technology that was being progressed at the time. So that did definitely – I feel that, like, that, kept, that kept interest – You know, it kept, kept it from being totally forgotten. And Dragon Ball Z is never going to be forgotten because it's one of the most influential uh, manga franchises Japan's ever seen. You know, Toriyama has a museum after him, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, the, the Battle of Gods is, is like – it is, like, uh, akin to the Phantom Menace in terms of, like, you know, new content – Original creators back in the game. The original voices uh, are coming back, and now that like the Funimation has their hands on it, which I mean, I know that you know people who've come to Dragon Ball uh, through the Japanese incarnation, you know, the original Japanese incarnation, 
there's a very love-hate relationship with, with the Funimation dub. But speaking as somebody who is primarily interested in Funimation dub and having an adult perspective as to how anime dubs work, I really have, I really love their dub. So I'm happy to see the version that I'm most familiar with, like, you know, Sean Schimmel and Chris Abet voice these characters in totally new content that's relevant and fresh towards, you know, uh, the era that we're in today. Nah, it's, it's super exciting. Um, again, for anybody who wants to uh, know more information about it, Toonami, what was, what's that again? ToonamiFaithful.com has information about the release. Uh, I believe there's a, there's a website called BattleOfGuys.com. I'm not sure, but a simple Google search will take you to the website. You know, but, and also Funimation on Twitter has announced a lot of this stuff as well. So just follow Funimation. Just follow any basic information website concerning the Funimation company, and they'll tell you about it. And keep your eyes out for... Uh, the list of theaters it's going to be releasing because we only have a couple of months before this happens. I wonder if they're holding back on a, releasing a list of theaters to see how much buzz they get to to kind of determine you know what to, what warrants a release. Well, I mean, I'm also I'm also wondering for limited limited release uh, theatrical movies if, if they're being released limitedly limited in a limited fashion. Um, how much success are they willing to expect? Because, you know, if something doesn't do well, it's like, well, it was only at a limited release, but if something does do well, then they'll probably do it mainstream, and then it might sink. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, I guess, yeah it's, a, it's a balancing act. And I know with, limits, with limited releases, it's, it's, from my understanding, it's literally limited. Like, one theater gets the, or one, you know, one theater will get the reel for a week, and they'll ship it out to another theater. Or, you know, for a couple of days. And so if it's only three days, then one theater may not play it all three days, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if this, if this thing some, somehow miraculously came out during the height of GBZ's popularity in America, oh, my God, it would be it would be like the highest-grossing movie ever. But, but like like we mentioned the Pokemon movie, that came out when po- Pokemon was popular, which, of course, it got a major release. And as I recall, I think it was the number one movie of the week, at least, if not, you know, longer. It did pretty well. I, I'm pretty sure I remember that. Like, I remember going to see it, and even then, it was still weird that, I was like, hey, there's the playing Pokemon anime? Okay. <laughs> I remember everybody talking and talking in school. It's like weird. It's, it's like it's like man. It's in it's in the theater. It's a cartoon in the theater. It was so trans. It it was so transcendent. Like you know, I was like I think people who were of an older generation at the time just couldn't stand the, the franchise. But like at the time, it was like really this is a big thing, and this is this thing would be started out as a video game, has transcended into a movie, which I remember enjoying. So well, anytime you you see like a Japanese or a foreign film actually in the theater, it's. It's unique. Like, I saw Godzilla 2000 in theater. <laughs> and that was after that horrible Matthew, Bro- Matthew Broderick film. <laughs> and right. I was like, oh, hey, it, th- I'm watching a film in the theater that's subtitled. It's very, very interesting. I'll be very interested to see how this plays out because I think that, like, Dragon Ball Z fans in North America are, are all going to see I, I think I think I don't think they're going to be lazy enough to not to see this movie if they've not already bootlegged the film. But um, I, think, I, 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 I hope it does well. well. I want it to do yeah. extremely well. Right, yeah. I, I don't see this like, you know, Dragon Ball is just not, it's just too popular not to do well, honestly. It really, it, even even a decade after after its main popularity, even now, it's just too popular to like completely flop. I think, I mean, especially for a limited release, which I think is a good idea. I think, I, I predict it's going to do, you know, at the very least, well. So And I, and I wish them well. I hope, I hope that does happen and they get even more success. Yeah, I, I hope that the, the feedback from this film gives us more films or gives us mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I'd like to say more. Uh, so that is the news for this month, and we shall get to the emails. Um, our first email shall be read by Jesse uh, from a returning email. Our pal, Mr. Adam Trimboff. Adam starts off here. 
Hey guys, hope all is well. Listening to your show makes me so keen to see the Boo Saga of Kai. Can't wait for it. I've already started training. He says, now it's time to see if I can read the notes I had scribbled down for the last episode. Once again, I've added in breaks to help you out. Thank you. Thank you. We we appreciate that. One, (laughs) you talked about live action movies for a while at the start of last month's show. And I just want to toss in some points for a further discussion. You said that a movie could work, but I think if it was to be attempted in live action again, DB's again. What, what, what do you mean again? Uh, evolution. What? What's that? <laughs> yeah, I want to know. <laughs> Who's Justin Chatwin? I don't know. Oh God, April thinks I'm serious. No, no, no. I know, I know what that is. <laughs> Has she seen it? She owned it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> S- side sidebar. I come over the first time to see your. It's your house, DBZ Evolution. I'm like, oh, Lord, what is this? I'm never, I'm never going out on a date with you again. <laughs> okay. She should be on when we cover that movie, because we're going to cover that movie. Hey, you're, you're getting you're getting uh, drafted onto the the uh, review of that episode, baby. To own it? To own oh, she, movie, she, she, she gave me the finger for that one. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, no, she gave the movie the finger. Is are great for it. Anyway, so going on... Oh, oh, the Dragon Ball Evolution sidebar. <sighs> anyway, in live action, again, DBZ would be much better suited on TV or in a web series format. I feel it's the only way the live action form could ascend. Huh, I see what you did there. But I'm just... <laughs> they would have a lot more time to do the story without having to cram a saga into two hours. Most of all, you can't have DBZ without, <laughs> without the classic line. Please attempt the following voice. <clears throat> last time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> last time on Dragon Ball Z. Uh, do you want to hit these up separately, or want me to finish the email first? Um, they're pretty short, so we can do it like one at a time. Um, what do you think about the idea of, of a DBZ web series that, that a kind of like a live action web series that interprets the series? That was that's where I was going to go with you. Uh, do, you. do you have any thoughts on web series as a whole? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think that the budget they usually get warrant the kind of material we've seen so far? I've not seen a lot of web series since Gotham Girls, <laughs> which was like a Flash series that was very primitive back in the day. Um, I do know that like they there is a Street Fighter like like web movie that's been made. It looks really really awesome. So I think that like if you ever have fans that are that are uh, canny enough to put together a product that they know is full of quality. Then I mean, I'm never against the idea. I'm never against the idea. I think that like uh, a web series is actually, it actually well, it does limit the budget to make the which limits the effects. But it would be interesting to see the product because I think generally from what I've seen from web series, they are pretty, pretty interesting, pretty good. They're always done by fans, so I think that's a, that's a pretty uh, yeah. good idea. I think that uh, you the, the Street Fighter series I haven't seen, but. I know that it's at the very least like sanctioned by Capcom, like who owns the rights. You know, they said, "Hey, yeah, this is great." And the Mortal Kombat web series from a couple years ago, starring the great Michael Shaw White, was <laughs> official. It had actors and a budget, and that was so successful. The two seasons of that was so successful that they are now developing a film based on that. And some of that, that influenced the, the the games that came out afterward. So, like. You can do them. You can do them well. And each episode of that was like 13 minutes. So, you know, they're bite-sized. They're good. And I think if you were to 
condense DBZ like Kai has done, you know, condense a lot of the the pacing issues, mm-hmm. I think it would work over you know a season of thirteen to fifteen minute episodes. Release one a week. I will say that I think that web series are typically done for by fans for fans because again when you when you adapt Dragon Ball towards any other medium, you kind of have to get a lot of exposition in the way. And I think the reason the reason for that is because even though it's a comic book, it really is kind of a cartoon. And the characters' personalities, and the sense of humor, and the action. So I think that, like, if it was an adaptation series, it would to make it work, it would have to be, you know, you know what this is. We're adapting the Saiyan Saga. See how we're doing. Uh, see what do you what do you think of the job we've done? More so than like you know, refurbishing it for a web series and trying to like modernize it. Because I think that like that's part of your uh, road to failure. Now this this may be kind of a sidebar, but as far as you know, what, what do you think is the uh, not obsession, but the the idea that live action is the ultimate goal. Like, oh, we've gotten you know animated films, but a live action film, if they got that right, you know, why do you think that it's even you know with comic book films, it's like, oh yeah, we've got animated, but we didn't get a live action version. Like, why do you think that's the standard when obviously like, Dragon Ball is successful as animation, like, and that's the medium it's born, or you know, manga and animation are a lot closer than live-action could ever get. You know, why do you think that that idea kind of holds ground? I think it's always because it's it's really cool to see something manifested into reality. I mean, like, referring, going back to the first Superman movie, or the 78 Superman movie, he says, you, you will believe a man can fly. When you buy into it, buy into something that you've loved from one medium to another, I feel, I've, and I've thought about this before, I feel that, like, there's a sense of, justification and legitimacy that comes forth when something that you love is brought to a mainstream medium. It's like whenever there's a good superhero film coming out, comic book fans are like, you know, oh, I just want to show this to, to my, my straight friend because, like, they aren't aware of this universe, so they can, like, you know, like what I like, and they understand what I'm into is, is, really, is really good because they see it done this way. I think that's sort of like the transitive property of... Wanting to see things, I grant. I think that that always comes comes with you know pros and cons because sometimes the the fantastical elements really are the hook in what you like seeing in certain franchises. I mean, we don't want to see Dragon Ball Z where characters don't fly. You know, that is that is, yeah. that is like the part of fun is seeing the characters in there fly and fight at the same time. But I think that like if somehow if a Goku and Vegeta fight were ever made where they looked. Like, it was really happening somehow, and they would have to pass a lot, they would have to jump through a lot of hoops for that happened. It would be really, really awesome. It's, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a lock kind of, kind of figure out how to, uh, how to unlock essentially. What yeah. Do you, what do you think? Yeah. I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the coffin as far as how I feel. When, when, like, I go to a superhero film or any adaptation and friends who weren't fans beforehand are, I feel like legitimized, you know, like that. Hey, that's why I like it. You saw, you know, now that's why I like it. Yes. Like, oh yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't forget. Like when I saw the Spirit movie, I saw it with my friends, and they were so pissed by the end of the, by the by the end credits uh, after, after that movie ended. And I said, but you don't understand. The Darwin Cook run is awesome, and they all like threw stuff at me. <laughs> I thought it was my fault the movie was made. That's the opposite of that. <laughs> it's like you drug us to this. <laughs> Let's see. So I think we covered that topic pretty well. I 
it, it, it's so, yeah. funny how like uh, the the DBZ film thing keeps coming back up. But it's it's an interesting topic to consider, even after it's failed so horribly one time. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you know, like like uh, what was the line Some, from X Men? Just because someone falls doesn't mean they've lost their way. So maybe someday. Uh, his second point. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's not <laughs> knock Vegeta down any more than he already is in the show. Of course, he could already become a Super Saiyan two in the Boo Saga. As you have seen many t- have you said many times before, Vegeta is a talented fighter. Even if he doesn't always have the required power, he has technique. So I reckon in seven years he could have worked out Super Saiyan 2, especially after seeing Gohan do it. I feel he could have watched, learned, and figured it out. I think it would have taken him less than a year. He never stops training, unlike a certain half Saiyan. <coughs> Kakarot? I don't think I'm wrong in saying the show never says he can't do it beforehand. And call me controversial, but I don't think... But I don't even think the whole Majin thing powers him up. I just thought that releasing his evil, quote-unquote, would bring him back to his glory days. Sadly, since I, I cannot spoil things, my point is better made when we can see some of the very last episodes. Wink. Wow, didn't realize how much I had to say, so I'll stop now. I'll see you guys next time on the Next Dimension Podcast. Voice also required. Adam from New Zealand. Thank you, Adam. Um, I, I think they're like, I mean, I think they're like, uh, it's... Uh, virtually uh, a fact that Vegeta was able to become Super Saiyan 2 before he went Majin because he said a couple of times before he became Majin that he was stronger than Gohan was before Cell. And uh, in, ter- in terms of, like, you know, the, power- the Majin thing powering up, they don't they don't ever comment. Like, like Goku thinks that Vegeta's stronger. Uh, like, like he's, oh, Vegeta, we're even now. And then Vegeta says, well, no, I, I could never be as strong as you are. Which is why I became Majin. He makes the point that Spobovich and Yamu were way stronger than they were when they entered the tournament previously. So that's, it's like the, I think it's the only line that references that. But I think that, that it does make him stronger. But I would still say that beforehand he was already a, a Super Saiyan too. I didn't. I didn't get the feeling that we had knocked him down too much. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. We, we like Vegeta. Uh, we'll, we'll get into an email that likes Daniel. But <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, I think that we're typically. We, I, Except for like that one episode last year when Vegeta let Cell absorb Android 18. We typically like the character, so we'll see. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to have a lot to say about Vegeta uh, coming up Oh no, it's later on this episode. Vegeta, the animated series. Um, okay. <laughs> so for, thank you very much for that, Adam. From that email to another, we shall go to another returning voice in Mr. Alex Evangeli. He writes, Dear Don and Jesse, it seems the discussions over a Dragon Ball live-action movie will never die, <laughs> no doubt. For my money, I actually tried dreaming up how to do it and concluded that you either need a three to four movie series just about Dragon Ball, or at least three movies about DBZ, but the entire series is near impossible to film. My idea was to make the first movie a simple introduction to most of the main characters of the Saiyan Saga, barring Chaozu, Yajirobe, Gohan, other minor characters, Gohan, other minor characters like Fuar. I, I, I'm pretty sure you need Gohan. Uh, oh, I, I guess he's on my, the original Dragon Ball. While I was having the heroes race against Piccolo for the Dragon Balls. Yeah. Maybe throw in the Red Ribbon Army as Piccolo's allies, and you're good to go for future movies. You can even have Goku meet each new character when he finds a new Dragon Ball or something. I without without seeing all of Evolution, I think that's how they end up doing an Evolution. Then you could just make a Saiyan Saga movie with a few omissions to save time, followed by a Freeze Saga movie with a lot of stuff cut out. I, that would still be two or three hours. Beyond that, I don't think you can do the Cell or Boo Saga as standalone movies. You have to do what Harry Potter did and split up the each each up into two movies apiece. However, like you guys, I feel that the major thing holding back a Dragon Ball movie is the fact that I don't think wider Western audiences will be accepting of his Japanese storytelling conventions and style because they're not used to it. 
Even today, many people passionately hate manga and anime just because it's manga and anime. Also, I don't know how the very long fights will go down amongst the audiences. A Frieza or Saiyan Saga movie will mostly be fights with plot being secondary. I will say, though, if they can make a third Power Rangers movie and another Transformers movie, then they sure as hell owe Dragon Ball a better effort than the evolution debacle. I'm, I'm sure that, like, if they're ever going to make another live-action deep Dragon Ball movie, the fights won't be long. I mean, like, they'll be have to be good, but they don't, they don't have to be... The long fights are typically owed to the, the anime, which added a lot of filler. That's not really an... an except for Goku vs. Frieza, which was long. That's not really a, a trope of Dragon Ball Z's original story, but I know that, like, the anime is more famous, so I, I get the stereotype, but I, I don't think that we have to worry about that. Yeah, but say, even watching the anime, like, the, the fights when they're actually fighting, isn't drawn out or boring. It's the the pauses for dramatic effect, you know, that, yeah, exactly. that wouldn't work well in a, a more time-crunched. Like, you could you could probably literally, like, skip episodes whenever a, the last punch is thrown to the next one, and the fight would flow pretty much the same. Yeah, there's always, like, pausing for dramatic effect and for the characters to make some pithy comments and for Master Roshi to grab... Someone, but <laughs> that's not that's, that doesn't have to be in the uh, in, a, in a live action adaptation. Moving on to the episodes you guys covered, the whole Majin Vegeta thing wasn't something I was exactly aware of as a kid before it hit screens over here. I saw images of Majin Vegeta from the final bout video game, but it just served to make me wonder why Vegeta had a dumb M tattooed on his head. When I saw the episodes, <laughs> <laughs> he's not Bishop. Yeah, <laughs> it was only over his eye, to be honest. I, I've seen, have you seen fan art of, like, Majin Piccolo or Majin other characters? People tend to like that, the design. It's a little... No, should I? Do they just do they just have the guy liner on? Is that the big difference? They, have the, line, they have the guy liner, and they have the M. And I think in Piccolo's version, I've seen the Piccolo version with a, with a beard. I don't know why, but... <laughs> like, a, like a Doboro kind of thing. Like, for some reason, Doboro's beard was only when he was Majin. <laughs> if Vegeta grew a beard when he became Majin, that'd be epic. <laughs> oh God! Oh, is there so going going into fan art? Is there? A, I just assume that this exists. Is there like a Super Saiyan version of other characters like Piccolo? Yeah. Oh yeah. You you, you don't have to try. I mean, like any character that people might like, there's a Super Saiyan version of them. Whether it makes sense or not, Super version of uh, him, Piccolo. Piccolo. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying there's a Piccolo? There's a, there's a Super Saiyan Krillin? Yeah, <laughs> especially when he grew his hair out. <laughs> you, 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 you need no imagination to find these. Super Saiyan Yasha. He's Super Saiyan Zero. Uh, he yeah, goes exactly. down in power. He's his a, hair gets darker. He's so <laughs> he's so powerful that he kills himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no. This this is a thing. This is this has always been a thing. I, I, I think it's like more of a, a younger audience thing than like you know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, I should also mention the fact that, like, in a lot of the recent games, they've made characters become Super Saiyan forms that they never were. Like, you'll see Super Saiyan 3 Future Trunks, which never happens in the series, but, for, you know, for no reason. So, there's a lot of that as well. Uh, Alex continues. When I saw the episodes, I didn't quite get what was going on with Majin Vegeta. But in rewatching the series, I agree it's very meaty and deep character stuff. I point to when people diss Vegeta or the Boo Saga in general actually. Also, I love how we get the kind of foreshadowing from Vegeta and Goku's rematch. Not just from them being paired up in the tournament, but from their sons actually having a fight as well. To me, it was sort of the plot saying, Okay, now you've seen the boys fight, now here's the men! As a kid, I felt the series jumped the shark when Boo showed himself because it seemed like there was no longer, it was no longer taking itself seriously. Uh-huh. In hindsight, though, 
when I know what happens next, I'm less harsh. I love how you, but when you think about the Majin Vegeta thing, it was basically Vegeta's midlife crisis, and I think you said that as well, Jesse. <laughs> midlife. Yeah. I think a lot of people uh, uh, either label or complain that this, the Majin Vegeta is Vegeta having, like, you know, a man fit. I don't really complain about it. I, I just think it's, I mean, I think it's, like, a, the best analogy. And it's oh, use that to kind of imply you know someone who's having a a crisis of not necessarily conscious which he does have but uh, the, just of his place in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it's not like he went out and bought a red Corvette, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think that, I mean in in doing you know a bit, bit of research or at least you know scouring people's opinions of this current era uh, earlier today. There, there are people out there who don't like Maja Vegeta, and they kind of, like, you know, they kind of like, like, make fun of it and calling it a midlife crisis. But when we say it, we don't, I don't, I don't, I love Vegeta, I love Maja Vegeta. It's, it's, it's a term of endearment, if anything else. So, there's that. Um, I believe Don had a few comments about filler in other anime, which I can address if it's okay. Yu-Gi-Oh, if I'd had three full filler arcs in addition. In addition to general filler within episodes or arcs, of which Yukio was especially notorious. Of these three arcs, one ate up the entire start of a season, one lasted half a season, and interrupted the main plot very intrusively, and the last one was which was an entire season unto itself. That sucks for Yukio fans. As for Sailor Moon, <laughs> as for Sailor Moon, yeah, we're back to this again. Filler was weird on that show. It was running alongside the manga, but the manga was monthly and the show was weekly, running all year. Because of this, the anime was mainly filler and became a Freak of the Week type show, like Power Rangers. Whereas the manga didn't use that format and moved, and moved at, a breakneck, at breakneck speed. Between that and other changes, the anime and manga wound up being two very different continuities. Whereas with Dragon Ball, continuity is basically the same as if you, as if you cut out the filler. Um, having... having Glimpsed through some uh, Sailor Moon manga and actually having owned like one of the dubbed uh, translated versions of an issue from Mixed Comics. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a very different kind of. Well, I say different. I mean, the basic style is the same, but like the way the show it is, it is not the Power Rangers Freak of the Week style that the anime went, might suggest. Dragon Ball, on the other hand, is this the exact same series. I mean, there is filler, but like essentially, it's the same show. It's the same, you know, general. Set up the plot. The sequence of events are the same. Every panel that's that's done in the manga is done in the anime. So that's it's. I'm not sure. If, a lot of manga is like that. Some some manga uh, to anime franchises aren't. But yeah, there he is. <laughs> I'm about to put up this image of a uh, Super Saiyan three Krillin on our Facebook page. That took all of, like, five seconds to find. I know! <laughs> Didn't I tell you? <laughs> it's like, that means somebody has fan-orted Super Saiyan 1 and 2. <laughs> well, the idea that, like, not only... For some reason, you Brief aside, sorry. But for some reason, you can decide that, that, hey, Krillin's human. He only needs to be strong enough to be a Super Saiyan. But, yeah, he has to be angry enough to... God, whatever. <laughs> Oh, fandom, why won't you leave us alone? <laughs> I, hey, I can't say this. Growing up, you know, comic book fan, I was like, but what if Spider-Man got the carnage symbiote? Oh, wait, that happens. Yes. Oh, the yeah. best thing ever. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, if fandom's fandom. So I know where people, I know where people come from with this, man. Absolutely. You know, it's like, fandom is nothing if not imaginative, so. As, as, Google, as Google will tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Alex finished it up. Well, now that's over with. I got a few questions, so that's cool. One, 
Is it just me, or is Supreme Kai getting to be kind of annoying? Uh, Verge, Jesse, what do you think? And we, we, we can include these episodes as well if you want to put that in consideration. Mm, uh, I haven't noticed. I mean, since he put put the idea in my head, looking back, he, he does he is kind of repetitive, but it doesn't detract from the show, and I, it's not something I noticed consciously. So I didn't I didn't think so. I mean, there are much. I think what could be construed as annoying from that character has already been done more annoyingly by other characters. But oh, I don't think he's worse yeah. offender. That's a great point. Um, I've always kind Especially of because he, he actually gets some action in these episodes. So. Yeah, <laughs> what little he can. I, I, I do like a psychic attack. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always actually liked uh, Supreme Kai Kaioshin as a character. Part, that might partly be because I, I had a Japanese video game where he was in it before I actually saw who he was. But I, I genuinely do enjoy his character design and his role in the series as, like, you know, an upper deity that's come down to help Gohan and the others. I like I like the the idea of the character. I think, his, I think the English voice actor is pretty good. Um, I will admit that I, that uh, in the last couple of episodes, his like you know kind of like you know oh you can't beat these characters oh wait you beat these characters kind of thing that did get annoying. But the character himself I don't dislike. But I, he uh, he does a lot more than King Kai does. Yeah, King, well, King, <laughs> yeah he does. <laughs> he kind of has to step, step one foot off of that uh, planet until it's blown. Now. Is there a, I'm assuming, like, in a deity hierarchy, there's supposed to be a relation between the two, right? As far as yeah. Supreme Kai is above King Kai? Yeah, I think they're, if, if I'm a rumor quite, they actually kind of get, kind of get into this in the Battle of Gods, whereas King Kai is, like, you know, of a northern galaxy that's closer to the realm of Earth, and Kaioshin is of a realm higher than that. Like, like, like Kaioshin's job okay, is so King Kai's job. Have, now, so far, they haven't interacted, right? I, I, I haven't missed that or forgot about that, have I? Um, unless it was filler, or was like just one scene, like of King Kai going, "Who is this guy?" No, they, they've not. I don't. Th- I don't believe they ever meet. Uh, and, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think they'll ever interact with each other. Um, I know in the uh, afterlife tournaments, which we'll cover after we cover the series, which was a filler arc after the in between the Cell Saga and the Boo Saga, you do meet other versions of King Kai, like like because King Kai is like you know North King Kai. You'll meet like, like South Kai, East Kai, West Kai, but um. We don't see them interact with the like, Kaioshin character, like you know, because like uh, Kaioshin is of a, of, it looks completely different than King Kai and his people, like, you know, with the purple skin. Yeah. So like you, you'll you'll know when you'll see different versions of those characters. Number two, do you think with the success of Kai in the movie last year, Toy might be prompted to give back to go back and give Dragon Ball itself the Kai treatment, so we can see faster pace versus the Red Ribbon Army, Ten Shin Han and, and the King Piccolo arcs. I remember constantly talking about this, and I think that, like, ultimately, it was just uh, assumed that because Dragon Ball Z is clearly the most popular version of the series, that was probably what's going, what's going to warrant that most, most. And again, th- and this is sort of, like, you know, why I'm a bit hesitant to do a podcast on Dragon Ball. It's, it's, you know, it starts off being such a different show that, like, the pacing kind of carries a lot, because it's slower paced, it's a lot more comedic in tone, and... It it gets more recognizably like Dragon Ball Z in like the last third of it when the King Piccolo arc and stuff. Like the Red Ribbon Army is like half, even when it's serious, it's, it's still kind of comedic. And so like it's it would be very difficult to do in terms of um, application, I think. So I mean, I'll, if they would do that, I'll be very interested to see how they would do that. But I can't imagine how they might. You know, with Dragon Ball Z, it's like it's simple, cut out the filler, and it's like the manga. But with Dragon Ball, it's a bit trickier. 
Just because it's, it's so, it is so different. Now, Dragon Ball is the shortest, right? It's it's significantly shorter than Z. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, like if you, if I'm judging by my manga collection, Dragon Ball had 16 volumes. Dragon Ball Z had 26 volumes. I'm sure you got the entire 42. Like around the time where, let's say, um, Cell became perfect. Uh, like, like from from the beginning of the Saiyan saga all the way to you know perfect like the beginning of Perfect Cell, that was about the length of Dragon Ball. If I'm if I'm thinking about that correctly, uh, Dragon Ball, even though it was shorter, the arc. I remember the Red Ribbon arc being it, it, the pacing was still. I felt a little longer. Um, I'm not sure exactly how many. I think Dragon Ball had about 139 episodes. I think Dragon Ball Z has 291, and Dragon Ball GT has 64 episodes. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely shorter than Dragon Ball Z. I remember Dragon Ball Z, back in the day, Dragon Ball Z was cited as one of the longest-running series. And that's, and then since then, shows like One Piece and Bleach have put that far in the desert. I know One Piece has like 645 episodes, and it's still going, so <laughs> there's that. Um, <clears throat> three, I'm going to add my voice to the course and asking you guys if you consider covering Dragon Ball after you're done with the Z. I think it could be really great. I think a lot of people are less familiar with it in the DBZ. Um, you know what, uh, uh, because people have brought that up, I'm thinking about doing something in the way of that, but I'm still <laughs> kind of skittish over it, so uh, never say never, but uh, keep a lookout for this space, I suppose. Um, well, that's all for now. See you next month. Regards, Alex Evangeli. Thank you very much, Alex. Our next email is from Mr. Richborn. Hello once again, guys. For once, the weather isn't actively trying to kill me, so nothing to mention there. Let's get into this. Oh my god, someone broke the dial because the action just cranked up. <laughs> this is by far the most visceral, visceral fight in DBZ. And by god, I love it. The whole fight scene has some of my favorite beats in a Dragon Ball throwdown. Team struggles, brutal haymakers and elbows, and just a se- seething hatred mixed with unbridled passion on Vegeta's part. He's talking about fighting, right? <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. Otherwise, he's been reading some doji. Kakarot. <laughs> There's a lot more going on there than my dad used to think. Speaking of Vegeta, he is just such a sick bastard in these episodes. Once his midlife cry, I mean evil possession, takes over, all reasoning for him. Not until I started listening to this show and following the entire progression did I realize how much Vegeta changed to this point. Some would say he came full circle back to the Saiyan saga. But I think he is actually, in this stage, more sociopathic because he is no longer under the thumb of a greater tyrant. Mm -hmm. The rage and hatred of Vegeta has evolved from bitter loathing of Frieza to a more refined vitriol of Goku and his natural prowess. If I relate the franchises of DBZ and Uncanny X-Men. Uncanny, since issue one, has always kept a focus on Scott Summers despite its ever-expanding cast. While DBZ may be about the adventures of Goku and his friends, he himself has become more like Wolverine in terms of power and popularity. Hmm. Yet since he arrived, Vegeta has continued to develop like the finest of wines. (laughs) (laughs) He may always be catching up to Kakarot, but but he will always outdo him in, in character. Now, several months ago, I mentioned Canada's ocean dub of the Boo Saga to be different in good and bad ways. But one of the best that nobody can deny is Brian Drummond's version of Vegeta's Sacrifice. Watch and tell me it doesn't bring a tear to your eye, eh? 
and he gives us the link to that version. Yeah, we'll probably uh, put that on, on the Facebook page. He says, "So all I got this. So that's all I got this month, guys. But one, but one thing before I go. Any thoughts on Days of Future Past on Godzilla? Just curious on your opinions. Take it easy, Richborn." Oh, okay. Uh, we can make this kind of briefly because I know you saw Godzilla, and uh, actually, I did not see Godzilla. Did you, Did you not really? Yes, I have not. I, I, uh, I just, I just you did. Unexpected. Yeah, uh, I did too. No, yeah, I hadn't got a chance to see it yet. But uh, there's a theater five minutes from my house, so I might go see it uh, soon. Hmm. Well, I know you saw Days of Future Past. You weren't you on a show that talked about that? Uh, yes, I was actually. Um, I did a podcast with my friend Nick Schultz. He has a show called You Can Relate. It's a, like a 10-minute podcast typically, although we went on much longer for that. Do you, uh, do you know like, where, where people can find? Uh, um, I don't know the website. I just know I know you can look for it on iTunes or Stitcher or the podcast's uh, Pocket Cast Android app. That's how I found it. And uh, Yeah, he invited me on. He's a big, huge X-Men fan. So, needless to say, I really enjoyed that movie. I've seen it twice so far. I saw it twice, too. Um, what was the name of the podcast again? You Can Relate. Okay, excellent. Um, here's why I'll reveal this. Uh, I'm not sure if I told you this before, but um, I am starting – or I say I'm starting, but, like, me, along with several other people, are starting a new show based on comic book films. And our initial episode was called – all called – our podcast is called uh, Comic Book Film Review, R-E-V-U-E. And we're in the process of setting that up. And we recorded our first episode last week. And our first episode is on, actually, Days of Future Past. If people who listen to me on Crawl Space will probably be familiar with four-fifths of us. Uh, the show includes, uh, includes myself, Joshua lappin Bertoni, uh, Chris Lennis, Kevin Cushing, and um, Ashley Victoria Robinson, who's a friend of Kevin's and is, is a big uh, comics fan herself, and also does a show called Comic or Geek History Lesson, which is basically an, inform, an informational show about uh, comic book geek and uh, geek pop culture tidbits. Um, we are setting that podcast up right now. Uh, there's not exactly a link, but by the time this episode comes out, we might have the episode first episode published. It will be on iTunes, comic book, comic book film review, and we'll also have a Facebook page up there right now. And we do talk about Days of Future Past there, so uh, hopefully you guys will check out both. Um, what was the podcast more time? You Can Relate. Okay, you can relate. We can hear Nick and Jesse and Nick talk about Days of Future Past. And the comic book film review, we're going to hear myself and several other people talk about Days of Future Past. And, yeah, and I, like, I saw it twice. I, I liked it, too. I liked it more so the, first, the second time than the first time. And um, it's in my top three uh, X-Men films. I've not seen Ghost of yet. I'm not sure if I will. That's, uh, that's actually really timely because I just the other day I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, you know what? There should be a podcast dedicated to just comic book films, just for people – well, because I think there's a market for it for people who don't read the comics, who can go, you know, go learn more about it, or go just get opinions from people who already know more about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun talking to these guys about, you know, because there's a lot of uh, topics you can cover. We can cover uh, the movies, the X Men film franchise, the comic it's based off of. What we, you know, us as potential, potential X Men fans. And um, I know that, like, you'll hear it by the end of the episode. I'm pretty sure that the first episode will be out by the time this episode comes out. But um, the next month, for the month of July, uh, we will cover Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's because each month we pick a, a film, and that's Ashley's pick for that month. So if you're awesome. interested in that, check that out. I'm going to I'm gonna have to add that to my podcast queue. Oh, yes. Because I know, like, 
as the resident comic book guy in most group of friends, after a movie, everybody's like, hey, 20 questions, you know, which oh, yeah. I enjoy. But so if, if there's like a podcast out there for that, that's that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. And comic book films are fun to talk about because like either you're a fan, you can like, you know, whine about the lack of adaptation of this or that or whatever, or if you're just a mainstream movie where you can enjoy it on an aesthetic level. Okay, we have one more email that we're going to read right now. And it is from Daniel. As always, Daniel uh, writes in, writing us a novella of an email. It's very, very complimentary. He uh, congratulates uh, Jesse. He, he mentions, I'll, I'll read this out real quick, although I'll skip some of his email. He says, uh, congratulations to me owning the, all of Dragon Ball manga. And, and Jesse, I'm digging what I've heard so far of Spec Radio. It's another great show about a great series. I'm glad to hear that you are a part of it. Thank you, good sir. I'm enjoying doing it. Uh, I, I play a similar role on that show, or I bring a similar opinion to that show I do here. It's it's all new to me, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it as well. It's a good show. Um, he uh, mentions that he and Maria had uh, a bit more discussion on the Videl. I'm I remarks on you know the fight between Videl and Spopovich. Uh, I want to get to the main piece. We came down to the idea that the real downside of the scene is not that Videl gets beaten so badly, but because. And here's a slight sports, which I don't mind saying. It's the only real showcase of Fidel as a fighter that we ever get in the series. It's her only real big league fight, and for her to get beaten so viciously, Mars, Mars the character bit. Even if she did get, give a heck of a try, she still gets royally beaten. To us, it would just be more acceptable if there was a real fight for Videl before or after this, one where she got to show her skills. But because there isn't, that just leaves things with the characters a bit disappointing. That's our opinion, at least. Um, the only thing I'll add to that is that, like, I, we have seen Videl's skills when she's fought on regular robbers, but I guess you want to see her fight, fight a more tougher fight for her and win. So I, I, I take that point. Fair enough. Yeah, because we, we, we've only ever seen her go all out and try in that one fight. Everything else has been, you know, easy peasy for her. Right. Now, I'll start off with his remarks on... Gohan and Deborah, and they'll lead into a bit of a discussion about Majin Vegeta. Uh, again, I hope, hope, hope Daniel, you don't mind me cutting a bit of your email here. Um, he, now Four I, chapters. <laughs> quote, Now, I really disagree with you guys about the Gohan versus Deborah fight not being very good. It's one of my favorites in the series, actually. Yes, the downside is that it's brief and definitely has an anticlimactic end to it, but what we do get is really well-animated action. It's a fight that shows some, some, shows off some cool and unique moves from Deborah, and gives Gohan a chance to shine a, a bit in showing his fighting skills. Honestly, the only downside to me with the fight is that it's not allowed to go in an actual conclusion, and instead it just gets side wheel for the big Majin Vegeta plot twist. Um, I'll say, I didn't dislike the Gohan Deborah fights. I, I didn't like, you know, say, oh, this fight sucks, but I did think that, like, after a while, nothing really happened. <laughs> so it, it, it ended up not being all that memorable. There were a couple of cool scenes, like uh, Deborah chasing Gohan above the water, him dragging the, the sword, like that bit. But um, it, w- it was okay, but I, I didn't hate it, but I, I didn't think it was particularly memorable. What would you say, Jesse? I, I'll echo those thoughts. It, it, it wasn't overly bad. It was just nothing stood out as, you know, good, really. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, we're not mad. <laughs> um... He continues, and this is one of the big memorable moments of not just the Boot Saga, but probably the Dragon Ball series as a whole. There's no denying that Majin Vegeta is a fan favorite. I actually find I am very conflicted on this part of the story, especially after hearing your glowing coverage of these episodes. Honestly, I just hate Vegeta's character at this moment. To me, it is as bad as the part in the Cell Saga, where he lets Cell go to absorb Android 18, made only slightly less annoying because Cell is crying about not being perfect. 
But Vegeta Vegeta just pisses and moans about having a a big old angry baby fit, being idiotically hostile to everyone until he gets possessed. Then we find out that the whole thing was just an act so he could get stronger. And why does he want to get stronger? Just to prove he can beat Goku. For crying out loud, how big of an inferiority complex does he have that he's willing to endanger the entire universe just to prove something to Goku? I find Vegeta's whole motivation just infuriating, and I become eager for the Goku and Vegeta fight just because it's what I want to see in Goku beating the crap out of him for being so stupid. <laughs> you guys praise this part of Vegeta's character development. You guys praise this part of Vegeta's character development, but I have to ask, is it really character development? He doesn't really grow, and if anything, he backtracks. To me, he's just continuing to have the same motivation he's had from day one, and that's his selfish need to be, want to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, okay, Jesse, what do you think about those remarks? What would you say to that? Um, I'll respectively disagree uh, that he, he's backtracking. I think, I think the fact that he, he's wanting to backtrack, he wants to get back there, and, he, and I think that says a lot about the character, and I think that that shows the progression that he has made and that he himself notices and kind of calls out how he's different and how he doesn't want to be that way. And uh, we haven't gotten really a whole lot of Vegeta moments. In a while. In a while, yeah. But the the small moments we have gotten have kind of accumulated and shown, uh, you know, the subtle changes with the character. I'll say... I, I, I think it's, a, it's an, a good point to make that, like, because Vegeta, his, his primary, primary motivation is <laughs> to beat Goku again, it would, it might be a bit short-sighted to call that character development, but I think Jesse made a good point in that, like, him recognizing that he has changed, um, some, a lot would say for the better, and that he doesn't want to be who he's changed to be. It's, it's definitely... It, it, Toriyama's working with this character in a way that he's not working with any other character. And one, I speak, I speak, it speaks to Toriyama's surprising skill as a writer, considering what's come before. But I, I take your point that, like, it's, if, you can, if you can look at it as Vegeta just wants, just wants to beat Goku, he's just yelling more about it. I can see through those cold heart facts how that might be annoying. But I think that, like, it's justified in that Vegeta... It's not just him saying, Eric, I want to beat you. He stops, he literally stops the entire soccer cold to do so. And I think that he was justified because, like, you know, he was whining a lot, but, like, he was whining for a good reason. I mean, the fight so far up to that point wasn't really a challenge to him, you know? And because his, his whole interest in fighting Goku was totally interrupted, not that you don't know this, Daniel, but because it was interrupted, I think that, like, it, it made perfect sense for Vegeta to have, have as much of a fit as he did, um... I think that what you look at is that Vegeta was perfectly fine living his life on Earth, living with Bulma in, in trunks, and, you know, being virtually a good guy. But when Goku came back, and the idea of fighting Goku again, that kind of pushed him back into his old ways. It kind of reminded him of who he used to be, which pushed him into, you know, becoming Majin and all that kind of stuff. I think that that kind of edged him along. And that the idea that, like, he recognizes who he is but tries to deny or tries to say who he wants to be, and he feels conflicted in that, because he, he clearly is conflicted. You'll see, it, you'll see it here. I think that that makes for interesting character writing in the series. I think a point, maybe, maybe it's not so much development, maybe that's not the right word for it, but it's certainly, it's certainly something to do with the character. I guess and, character insights, maybe? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I would say that, like, I, I think it's definitely character, character moments, or character development by the end of our coverage today. 
but I, would, I think that, like, it's still more to do with a, a character's personality and their goals and their wants and who they are, who they want to be, who they don't want to be. That's a lot more than we've ever gotten in this series, and it's because of that that I really, I really love it. Um, I, I wouldn't compare it so much to uh, him uh, letting Cell absorb because it was so stupid. <laughs> Whereas here, he's not really in danger doing. I mean, he's endangering the world doing, but he's, he himself is not really in danger doing this. So, um, I, I, I kind of take your viewpoints, but I, I don't disagree as well. Respectfully, of course. Uh, uh let's see, 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 Daniel continues, um, forever. <laughs> All that said, I can't deny, especially after listening to your episode, that Vegeta being evil is just badass. That zoom-in shot of Vegeta after he blows up the audience, and he just has that sadistic look. His hands down my favorite all-time image of the character. The build-up to Vegeta and Goku fighting is well done. Vegeta's first move is just straight-up kill dozens and dozens of people with a single <laughs> shot, so you know immediately that he is really capable, of, if anything, at the moment. And it makes for a really, really good tension as Goku faces off with him. And the fight between Goku and Majin and Vegeta is epic. Great animation with hits you can just feel. I remember I first saw these fight scenes from some bootleg video clips online, and even with the green, greeny footage, the fight looked amazing. Same here. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for Gohan's end of the story, as it becomes more built up with the release of Majin Buu. It's interesting because this really, really should be the part of the story that gets the most attention, but it just can't compete with the Saiyan rematch. So I think as Buu gets going in the coming episodes, and they continue to cut back to Goku and Vegeta, their fight does start to drag on a bit and becomes a bit distracting from the plot. As for Majin Buu... Well, there's not much talk about him yet. He does definitely have an interesting design to him. You don't see many fat villains, especially in the series, so it makes for an, a, yet another distinct main adversary. And I like his voice, but I think that that's all I can do. I think that's, that's because I can do a mediocre impression of it. Real quick, I do want to mention, because I'm not sure if I mentioned it last time, that uh, Rajin Buu was apparently characterized uh, and inspired by Toriyama's third editor at the time, who uh, apparently was fat. <laughs> and... and um, uh, at least in terms of the Japanese uh, phrasing, the manner of speaking resembled the editor as well. So I don't know if Toriyama was completely drunk off his ass, or he just liked to lampoon people he worked under. But uh, Boo is based visually off of uh, the editor who allegedly let Toriyama at this point do whatever the heck he wanted. So it's a bit of an interesting insight. To say, oh yeah, you look like Majin Buu. I don't. That, that's like the worst insult. I know, I would never want to tell somebody they look like Majin Buu. A. Thomas? <laughs> oh, I'll never hear that. Last thing I want to mention is that I definitely... never listen. Yeah, really. Even though he has guys at the show. Last thing I want to mention is that I definitely fall in the camp that Vegeta could not have gone Super Saiyan 2 before becoming Majin Vegeta. As I said, I think that all the talk of Vegeta being stronger than Gohan is just bull on Vegeta's part, wanting to pump himself up. Heck, a lot of the talk comes from... When he is trying to set his set on getting Bobby's attention, Gohan is rusty for sure. But we've seen him that he can still become Super Saiyan too. Whereas Vegeta, if he was become Super Saiyan two, there really would have been absolutely no reason for him to let Bobby take him over. How how does it so he could beat Goku? But the only thing we've seen Goku do and show his current strength is going Super Saiyan two. If Vegeta could already do that, then he could have just fought him, as is when all of this is said and done. But he had to go to extreme measures to cheat to get that power level where he could go toe-to-toe with Goku. If he could already do that on his own, then becoming Majin Vegeta would be a stupid idea for him than it already is. Well, we, we have covered that, that like, it does increase your strength, which is why I, I kind of buy it. 
I also think that he would want to do that to goad, goad uh, Goku a little bit to kind of rub it in his face. And, and it was also because he was it was helping him become evil, or at least you know it makes him believe that he's evil again. Uh, you know, he's clearly clearly free of his own volition. Him attacking other people would definitely go Goku to fighting him. So it was sort of like you know a means to an end. Anyway, that's all the risk I have for this email. Excuse me, email. It's still weird enough, even though you guys have already gotten through so many episodes of the Boo Saga, there isn't much to talk about other than how awesome the fight scenes are and some of the fun character moments. There's some good filler and bad filler, and the slow pacing is adding up a bit, but all this and that is just for the big first round to this, of, of this part of the story. Maybe it's just that I still want to smack Maja Vegeta. I'm not sure. For now, I'm looking forward to listening to your epic coverage of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and your continued coverage as Dragon Ball Z gives us a massive bob of silly dough that is Majin Buu. <laughs> so until next time, guys, boo! Sincerely, Daniel Yarbrough. Thank you very much, Daniel. Oh, yeah, and listen to that, that ASM2 uh, review. We, we had a lot of fun. Yes. So we are going to cut for a commercial break, and when we get back, we shall get into uh, some pretty epic moments in the Buu saga. Yes. Rock, paper, scissors, rock, paper, scissors. We're being captured by a bunch of goofballs. Dragon Ball Z will return in a moment. All I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Engineering division ready, as always. Your mind to my mind. Bloody. Don't you think you should rephrase that? Your thoughts to my thoughts. Well, either choke me or cut my throat, make up your mind. I can't change the laws of physics. They must be destroyed. We tried to destroy it once before, Commodore. The result was a wrecked ship and a dead crew. Doctor, you are a sensualist. You bet your pointed ears I am. Live long and prosper. I am the guardian of forever. Edge of Forever, a continuing look at the Star Trek universe, coming to Earth2.net and iTunes in May. Hey, kids, comics! Hey, Michael! Yeah? We need to do a new promo. A new one? A new one. Why? Because we've moved. Moved? Moved. We've moved to a new place. We still read comics. We do. We still talk about comics. Because you can't do a comic book podcast unless you read and talk about comics, because that's kind of stupid. But now, we have a new episode still available every Thursday, but at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Hey Kids Comics! So remember, Hey Kids Comics has moved to twotruefreaks.libson.com. Still, every Thursday. That'll do, won't it? now, Vegeta. We're the ones who let Boo out of his shell. It's because of us! Boo is just a sideshow. You are my only concern. Everyone on Earth will be killed! You hear me? Bulma, Trunks, everyone! <clears throat> Shut up! <clears throat> Shut up! 
Remember, I've sold my soul to poverty. I keep no loyalties. I have a say in a heart that depends on strength alone. They're nothing to me. Liar. Uh, I don't uh, buy it. Talk all you want, Vegeta, but you better convince yourself of it first! Fine. You win. Our battle is postponed. I want you at your fullest when we fight, and you're obviously too distracted by that ridiculous boo. Vegeta! Well, don't just stand there. Get out your sensu beans. We should be at full power when we face him. <laughs> With all of us working together, I'm sure we can beat this guy. when you drop your guard. Time run out before I'm done. <laughs> then we'll have to continue this another day. When I see you in hell. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. There you go, Adam. Um, Majin Buu has been released, and as previously mentioned, he is a big, fat, pink blob of bubblegum boo. So, um, he's basically kind of, like, hopping around as he did, saying his name, and, again, as we said last time, he's not really seeming to be much of a threat. Although, there is, like, you know, this sort of, like, teapot steam boiling from from the pores of his skin out, out of his head. So, Gohan says to, uh, Kaioshin, so it seems like this boo thing was a bust. He's, he's acting like an infant. But Kaioshin reassures him, no, this is boo. Uh, trust me. Then all of a sudden, Boo kind of like walks over to Deborah, and Deborah's like, "Oh, this fat, stupid loser. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just some fool. Oh, look at him. Does he want to fight me? The, the poor sap." Then, then Boo at this point opens his, his itty bitty eyes. It's just these little beady, evil looking eyes. Gohan just says, "Oh!" and completely reacts to this. And then, <laughs> I, should, I should mention that like, my first note for this was. 
the, the episode title for the Funimation dub, The Losses Begin. Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> Which I thought was, was hilariously on the news. Uh, because, see, if you see on the news, we see Boo literally put out Dabura's eyes. He's kind of like, like, like punches, him, punches him in the top of the face, and Dabura's eyes are basically like, like punched out. They're, they're, they're bleeding profusely, which is pretty nasty. Then Boo kicks Dabura into the mountainside, and he's, he's out for the count. And um, Boo just starts, starts clapping and dancing. And um, Babidi, showing no concern for his former henchman, says, Ah, Boo, that was magnificent! I think you killed him! <laughs> Boo, I love you! I, it- I really dig <laughs> Babidi in these episodes for some reason. Just some, he has some of the best lines and just the best demeanor. Personally, I find him to be kind of a little s***. <laughs> but- no, yeah, that's, that's what I love about it. Like, he's such a little... Right. Yeah. He, he, he is fun to hate. Uh, I've not gotten annoyed with him yet. Well, maybe, but like, uh, he is, he is an interesting character. But so he he's 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 laughing at, at his fallen henchman, <laughs> and um, Gohan's like, Boo's energy suddenly shot up. Wow. We got to go to the trunks who sends Boo's energy and says, "Well, the evil, scary thing is that way." So let's fly towards it. So they do so. Uh, at this point, we go back to go- Goku and Vegeta, and Goku says, "Okay, Vegeta, you had to have felt that. This is bad." We can't take this take this thing uh, for granted. We have to stop our fight and deal with this. Vegeta says, "No, that's not true. Boo was not my concern. You are my concern." And then we go. That's the point. Goku says, "Vegeta, stop it! Everyone on the planet is about to be killed. Bulma, Trunks, everybody. I know that they mean something to you." And Vegeta just at this, at this point, Vegeta is just trying to fight him more and more, saying, "Shut up, Kakarot! Shut up!" He's just just furiously attacking Goku, saying, "Don't forget." I saw my son of Bobbity. I was saying war who was lives by his strength alone. No one means anything to me. Nobody. And then Goku catches a fist saying, You're a liar. I don't believe you. And just kind of puts him down on the ground. Says, Talk all you want, Vegeta, Vegeta, but you better convince yourself. You didn't sell out your love to them. So Vegeta kind of stands up and kind of looks at Goku for a long time. And he says, You know what? Fine. Okay. I'm throwing my hands up. We'll postpone our match for now, because you're obviously so distracted by this boo creature that I can't fight with you straight. So, come on, let's heal up and we'll, we'll face him together. Hey, give me, give, give me a sense of being. We both use up a lot of energy. So Goku, Goku turns his head all the way around saying, well, of course, because as we all know, <laughs> I can't get out the sense of being back without turning my upper body all the way around. <laughs> so, <laughs> while this happens, Vegeta um, puts up his fist and... <laughs> Completely brains Goku in the back of the skull. Goku, the hero of the series, is knocked out on his ass. As he, I, he's he's completely like KTFO. He's he's not unconscious. He turns back into normal. He's he's out for the count, and he's he's asleep for the rest of this, for, for the rest of this podcast. So, um, but Jade is like, you can't even keep your guard up, so you are vulnerable. So he steals the last sense of being and powers up and says, since, since I let Boo loose, I'll take care of him. So we'll, we'll sell out our accounts later, if it come back to life. If not, then I'll see you in hell, which I thought was an awesome line. <laughs> so, um, back to our, back to our other heroes. Boo continues to be a little bit obstinate and kind of dances around. Bobby says, <laughs> you want to listen to me? He says, I'm the one who can see you back up. After all, I've studied my father's notes. At that point, Boo says, oh, okay. And starts bowing at, uh, Bobby D. Um, 
Gohan says, maybe if we take out Babidi, then we'll be able to seal Boo back up again, or at least have him under our control. But Kaioshin reassures him, no, 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 listen to me. Without Babidi, Boo will be even worse. We need to keep him alive so we can, so we can uh, uh, coerce him into sealing Boo back up again. Uh, I can't believe this day turned out. I truly thought I could be able to stop Babidi before this happened. If only I knew that there are people like you on this planet who were strong as you are. And then maybe the other way would be able to beat him. You know, the other way. But oh, too bad. It's far too late. And they go on, the rest of the audience is like, what the hell are you talking about? So, um, while they're talking, <laughs> Bobby says, Yoo-hoo! Majin Buu, attention to orders. Your first instruction is to kill those two idiots! <laughs> Which is a line I liked. So, um, Gohan grabs Kaioshin and just flies away and says, Hang on! I'm pretty fast. We should be able to get away. But Boo very dramatically kind of, you know, just starts his stuff and flies right in front of Gohan. Gohan is completely stunned by this. Boo says, Now die! And just smacks Gohan all the way to the ground, leaving Kaioshin completely defenseless. Kaioshin is completely shocked because he, his worst nightmare is right in front of him. So he tries to attack as little as he can by shooting some cyclic blast at Boo. But they have no effect, and Boo just basically beats the living hell out of him. Smacks the both sides of his face and fights his, his cheeks. Smacks him down to the ground. And I, I know at one point, lands on the ground and just like sits on Kaioshin, seemingly snapping his back. Kaioshin, within seconds, both Gohan and Kaioshin are taken down. Kaioshin's pretty messed up. So, uh, Gohan is still awake, flies and delivers a flying kick towards Boo's face and kicks him far away. But as we see, and we'll see several times in this episode, uh, Gohan's attack leaves an impression on Boo's skin, as though it were gum, and he just like, kind of just pulls it back up, as though it's sort of an inflatable balloon. So, Gohan's like, he's not injured at all. What am I going to do? Uh, Boo says, you bad. You go away right now. So Gohan violently tries to attack Boo, but Boo just puts out his arms and blasts him. Gohan, <laughs> Gohan gets blasted the crap out of. He is just shot with this gigantic energy blast and flies and heads towards the ends of the universe. Kaioshin sees this and uh, cyclically is, is able to blow up the energy blast before Gohan flies out into space, sending Gohan flying towards a, a, a park miles and miles away. Like, completely knocked out. And uh, Kaioshin says, okay, Gohan, we need to keep you alive. They won't be able to find you. Just hang on and survive. And Bobby's like, oh, you didn't do anything tricky, did you? So, uh, at this point, Goten and Trunks have arrived. And uh, they're kind of f- far away. And uh, they're, they're, f- they're saying, oh, look what's going on. This, these, these monsters, is that the genie? And then they see uh, Kaioshin on the ground. They don't know what's going on. And then they kind of look up to, uh, a little bit above them, and they just happen to be where the statues of Krillin and Piccolo are. So they, they go by there and inspect it, and Dunn says, huh, someone, make, someone made a statue of Krillin. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? And um, they see the uh, Trunks sees the one with Piccolo. Why somebody would do this, they don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, in, in dedication of Krillin. <laughs> Trunks flies up to the uh, Piccolo statue, you know. She wasn't there when Kaioshin said, don't touch him, so he just kind of, like, taps him and, and pushes him over. Pushes him over and, it, and smashes the Piccolo statue. And at that point, Trunks says, oh, oh well, I won't be able to pay for it. So they uh, they uh, close in and look at the, uh, the battle sequence. At this point, Gohan and Kaioshin are out, down for the count. Gohan's been blown away. Kaioshin's on the ground, barely conscious. Um, and Bobby's bragging and bragging and bragging. But suddenly, out of nowhere, a spear comes from behind Boo's back, out through his stomach. 
Deborah is still alive. Albeit, you know, with a bloody this face. This part really surprised me. I've forgotten all about Deborah. Yeah, <laughs> what with him being knocked out and all. Deborah says, Master Bobbity, listen to me. This creature will never be your loyal servant. He's too powerful. We must take him down together. Deborah, 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 Deborah. <laughs> you fool. There is no we. There is no us. He is my entire life. You mean nothing to me. So Deborah is a bit betrayed. Um, so, uh, Bobbity was saying about <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, it's, it's too easy to imitate. So, uh, Boo, uh, so, so good. Boo easily removes the spear from his, from his globby little gut. It says, mmm, I'm hungry. Uh, so, uh, Deborah tries to attack him, uh, for several ways, I forget exactly how. So he says, food, food, time for food! Deborah, uh, tries to fly away, or at least to fly towards him, and, Boo uses his sort of um, tentacle on the on his head to shoot uh, some sort of bright blast at uh, Deborah. Says cookie, and he turns Deborah into a gigantic gingerbread cookie. What? So Boo licks his lips, grabs the cookie, opens his ginormous mouth, and puts it into his mouth whole, and just chews up Deborah. So that's the end of him. Um, at that moment, as Chunks and Goten are seeing this, uh, Krillin turns back to normal! Because now that Deborah's gone, the, the statues have been, you know, revered, uh, restored to their original states. So, uh, Krillin's out of the loop, and Goten and Chunks are out of the loop, so it's like, huh, what happened? And, um, it's at this point that Chunks remembered, oh crap, <laughs> I don't remember the statue. <laughs> so he falls up, and he sees, uh, uh, we don't see it, but we see the gory remains of the broken Piccolo statue. Oh no! Please don't tell anybody. And then we hear a voice in the background saying, "Tell anybody what?" And what the heck? Piccolo is just above them. And um, Chuck says, "Like, how did you do that? I can regenerate any part of my body as long as my head is intact." Well, that's fortunate. So uh, mm-hmm. it says, "What's going on?" And, and both he and Krillin can sense uh, Boo's power. So like, "What's going on? Where are Goku and the others? Why is the Supreme Kai down there?" So, uh, so, so Bobby's very pleased with, with Boo's power. He says, okay, Boo, now eat the Supreme Kai. He starts taunting him, like, you know, kicking him in the face, saying, ah, now nah, I'm revenge for my father. Piccolo is actually, like, like uh, uh, spirited enough to try to jump into the fight, but Krillin's actually one that says, Piccolo, you know, we, you know you and I can't do anything against this monster. We need to wait and think of a plan. And, uh, uh, at this point, before Boo can turn Kaiojin into any form of, uh, cookie or food. A gigantic explosion erupts right behind them. And Bobby's ship is no more. Bobby's like, what? What? My ship? What happened to my ship? And um, throughout the, when the smoke clears, we see Vegeta saying, I happened. So at this point, it's Vegeta versus Boo. Vegeta says, I see. That must be Boo, huh? You're the one who killed Gohan. Because he, before, when he was deciding how he was going to attack him, he sensed that Gohan's energy was no more. So he figured that uh, Gohan was um, was gone. And Piccolo, with his big old ears, hears this and is utterly just heartbroken. He's like, he's like Gohan, no. But he doesn't tell any of the others. So, uh, I thought it was a nice moment for Piccolo. It was, it was a nice moment, cause, especially considering the two's relationship. And I thought that he was the only person who heard that. Ate him all alone. So uh, this is the point where... Uh, Vegeta starts insulting, you, you big, ugly, fat thing. And Boo really does not like being called fat. <laughs> he has feelings. <laughs> so uh, he says, me, man, me kill you. 
over and over again. So, uh, Krillin and the others are really, really, uh, shocked that Vegeta, and Vegeta, they, they, they weren't, uh, around for the earlier events, so they're like, Vegeta seems different, but he sure is powerful. Vegeta proclaims, I'm not going, I'm not dying in vain! If I go, I'm taking everyone with me! So he charges up a, a lot of his power, and furiously attacks Abu, even though Kaioshin says, he knows he can't win, what does he hope to do? So, uh, Vegeta just pummels and pummels and pummels Boo over and over and over again. Uh, just furiously, just hammering him. Although, because of Boo's physical makeup, he, any, uh, attack that Boo has on himself is just basically just, uh, reversed, I suppose. Um, at one point, Vegeta stands still and just charges up an electrical attack and fires a really fast, uh, uh blinding Kai Blast. Right through, uh, I almost said Vegeta, right through Boo's gut, in and out, and just impales Boo with this attack. So he's like, oh no, Boo, he's gone. He sure is dead now. Well, no, he's not, because he can regenerate from any attack. So, um, everyone's, everyone's sort of, like, taken aback. And Boo says, well, that hurt a little bit. So, uh, Boo charges up, and charges up, and charges up, and powers up really, 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 uh, scarily, I suppose. Um, everyone's shaking, everyone can feel it. Uh, Vegeta's frightened for himself. Even Bobby's like, uh-oh, I better put up a force field, otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to die. And Boo just screams. Says, ah! And there's just a blinding light, and an entire, like, a whole radius, like, miles and miles wide, just blown back. Uh, Piccolo, Chunks, Goten, and Krillin are blown back. We don't see what happens to Kaioshin, and Vegeta just, just braces himself for dear life. But he's blown back as well. When the dust clears, uh, when the dust clears, we see that um, uh, there's a gigantic crater. Uh, Piccolo and the others are fine, but Vegeta is significantly damaged. Uh, his arms bleeding. His, his, he's actually bleeding quite profusely. Yeah, from like everywhere. Yeah, he's 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 messed up. Uh, he has like blood coming out of his eyes. It looks like tears. Yeah, <laughs> like his 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 uh, clothes are damaged. Um, his his. Pants turn into jeans at one point, and Vegeta's wearing, what can I do? Uh, Piccolo's like wondering, Vegeta can't beat him. Gohan's dead. Where is Goku? Do we have any hope left? Uh, Chunk says, Piccolo, Dad can still beat, the, beat this guy, right? Right? And he sees how, he, and he sees how uh, serious Piccolo looks. So, Boo says, okay, bye-bye, you die now. So he uh, grabs his big gut and just, uh, just yanks it out. I'm not sure how to describe this. <laughs> this is so weird. He like it's it's like if you've ever taken a biscuit and pulled a little bit off or a play doh. He just yes. pulls and pulls and pulls until a small section rips off. Yeah, it's it's like he pulls his skin out, but like it's this big gut. But like there's no like missing hole. It's just like there's more to him. It's, it's like like he's like like you said, play doh. Um, everybody's WTFing, and Boo kind of stretches it out. <laughs> And uh, starts, and then he starts firing like mouth blasts at Vegeta. Vegeta begins to dodge him, and then Boo sh- throws this piece of skin on him, this piece of himself onto Vegeta, and it kind of like you know, constricts Vegeta, like like a boa constrictor. <laughs> there you go. So Vegeta kind of just falls to the ground. Vegeta, he, he can't move. So Vegeta, uh, so Boo just uh, very easily just walks over to him, starts kicking on him, and then just sits on him and proceeds to <laughs> beat him mercilessly. And Vegeta just, is just bleeding and, and dying, essentially. Um, Krillin's like, this is horrible! Where are Goku and Gohan? Vegeta's about to die! Trunks is getting really, really pissed off. 
And uh, Piccolo says, no chunks. You can't help. You will only die in vain. You, you, you can't uh, add this way. Um, by the time he finishes this, Chunks is already gone. So, <laughs> so uh, he says, Chunks, no! And Go- Goten says, I'm going to wait for me! And that is where we'll leave off for this, because there's a lot of stuff that we talked about, and there's going to be a lot of stuff beforehand. So we shall take a break in the synopsis and try to summarize what has happened beforehand. So, Jesse, up, up to this point between, you know, Johan being taken out and Kairosin being beaten up and the rise and fall of Deborah and Vegeta becoming, like, you know, the only Z-Fighter who's pitting himself against the, the evil Boo, what are you thinking? It, you know, it seems like a lot happens in this section, but synopsizing it is easier than, or is shorter than you'd, you'd expect, judging by the, the amount of content we get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, man, there, there are so many twists and turns of this section here. I just in you know, this first part of the episodes. Ugh, because I mean, we get Gohan knocked out of the fight. We get well we get the whole Deborah uh you know section here where Deborah actually make, takes kinda takes a moral high ground. <laughs> or at least at least the greater good, like, you know, saying, Hey, Boo is horrible too too powerful, too horrible for Anybody. Yes. And then, you know, quickly gets turned into a gingerbread. <laughs> Wait, okay, okay, that, that right there. What did, you, what did you think about that? What was your reaction? I had no idea what was going on. I was like, <laughs> all right, you know. If, as soon as his legs came together, I was like, is he turning him into a toy? What, like, it happened, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I mean, I kind of rolled with it because... He, you know, he's a genie, and I kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, just Boo's whole presentation, I, I kind of feel like I got what they were going for. Mm-hmm. They were going for the, you know, the, the evil that you wouldn't expect. They're going for the, the right. just the whole idea, the childish mentality of him, that he's he's a pure destruction, essentially. I mean, you know, Kai, the Kai says that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when he got turned into a cookie, I'm just like, all right, all right. Uh, this is an odd turn, but Deborah's out of the out of the equation. Which, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I completely forgot about him. <laughs> which, I mean, I, I didn't hate Deborah, and I, I didn't think he was overly forgetful, forgettable. But the rest of what was going on around around the episodes kind of put him on the back burner completely. Things were happening really fast. That like it was, yeah, like, like when he's taken out, you had to do with Gohan and Kaioshin. Um that happened beforehand, and it's like Vegeta, you know, turning, you know, the Chunks and Goten arrive. There's a lot of, like, character, I, I mean, this isn't a bad thing, but there's a lot of, like, characters introductions and character, character moments that, like, you know, kind of, like, blip in and out of each other. So, like, Deborah was, like, like probably the last thing on everyone's mind when he popped up again. What do you think about, okay, well, let's stay on Boo. Uh, fat, fat Boo, um, Fat Boo, <laughs> Majin Boo at this point, at least, uh, his, his trademark stick, this version, is turning people into various amounts of food. And so we'll see a lot more of this. We'll see, like, you know, him turn people to chocolate and other stuff. Uh, later on, he threatens to turn Vegeta into cracker and cheese. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I love that. Like, uh, like, like it, is, it is unexpected. Um, this is, when he, when he ate Deborah, uh, I'm looking at the longer right now, that is very, that feels to me, that, that is very, very Dragon Ball. This is really a, 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 a harken back to, like, the like, like what the heck goofy moments from Dragon Ball and earlier Toriyama works like a uh, Doctor Slump, where like um, it is so silly, but I think it, 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 it's still being done in a sort of a serious presentation 
that it's not turned to farce yet, but it's it's definitely. I mean, it, it feels Toriyama in in like a different way than what we've seen in. I, I, I would say this is the silliest thing that we've seen in the entire series. The villain turned somebody into a, a cookie and ate them. <laughs> the hell? Do you think that that was like a, a conscious choice on his part to kind of come full circle or come back to what Dragon Ball represented? I think it's like because Toriyama is honestly a guy who does he, – and he said – he as much will tell you that. Like he's not a guy who really takes himself very seriously, and he doesn't – he admires – like like the filler writers and that stuff like you know and this is what this is what he's about uh history of Bardock yeah, he admired that story because it was so dark I hated think he could never be that dark which um I think I think he was that was sort of I thought that influenced him later on in the series but um he is a guy that kind of like writes more lighthearted things and things that are that you know aren't so bleak and are kind of silly I mean his works before then before Dragon Ball it was it was all this kind of stuff it wasn't really serious fighting stuff. He's, he's more of like a comedy gag writer. So this felt that like with, with the new editor giving him free reign to do whatever he wanted to, this felt like him being a bit more relaxed in writing the story rather than trying, trying to figure out who transforms into what or who absorbs what. It's sort of like, okay, let's just have him turn into a cookie because it's kind of funny. So I, I, I think it's a bit refreshing as a change of pace, but um, it's, I think it's more of Toriyama feeling like, like he's, this, he's more at home here than he is at like, you know, more violent stuff, even though this series, or this arc is actually particularly violent. <laughs> like, like the poor guy's eyes put out. That was that was nasty. Yeah, that that was that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. I was like, ooh, the spirit to the booze. Oh, it's like booed and bleed or anything. But like that was that was a bit violent to see. Kaioshin got messed up uh, earlier. Like uh, when Boo smacks both sides of his face. And just punch him in the ground. And then later on, we're like, he like Kaioshin tries to do a psychic attack at him, and Boo kind of just like a. Uh, uh, repeats the attack, and you see Kairos' head kind of distorted, just be flown backwards. He, I, I felt kind of bad for him, but I don't know. Like, like it was, it was interesting to see Kairos, you know, be completely wrecked after all he tried to do. It was an interesting turn of events for that character, and uh, Bobby was just taunting the crap out of him. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, what did you think about the ending to the Goku and Vegeta fight? It was not how I expected it to end because, yeah, like, not necessarily, like, not not for Vegeta to sacrifice himself, but for Vegeta to take on the responsibility of t- taking down Boo himself. Right. I was like, oh, okay, this is going a different direction than I expected because, I mean, we have, I think, I think the fake out that they, they played actually surprised me for one because we have seen Vegeta put aside his differences and and work with him. Yes. So I was like, okay, this is going to happen. And then he cold cocks him and I'm like, huh, alright. You know. And up, up to this point, we don't know why he did that. You know, it's like, okay, I guess or we, we kind of know, but or we, we know his, his what he said his intentions were. He wants to be the only one to kill Go, Goku. Mm-hmm. But uh, as, as we kind of get later, Vegeta is very conflicted in these episodes, and that yeah. is by far the the best part of these episodes. Oh, Not oh. any the other parts are necessarily bad, but just it's it's so well done. We will get into that. <laughs> I guarantee. Uh, I, I I would agree that like um, as I said before that like this part of the series, at least up to like uh, our next part of the coverage, I actually had a hard time remembering because I've not seen this about ten years. And um, I remember Vegeta knocking him out, but I remember when I first saw this, 
when I first saw that in the series, that really took me by surprise, too, because, like, it is like, you know, okay, let's fight. It's like, you're right. We've seen them fight together in, in movie six against Cooler. We've seen, uh, you know, Vegeta, like, at least team up with other characters to fight the, another enemy. So for him to, like, oh, this is, this is also him deciding to take on Boo himself. After Goku basically calls him out, like, you know, you're full of crap, you know, saying, oh, I don't care about Chunks and Bulma. And Goku flat out says, that's a lie and you know it. Which I thought was actually pretty, that was actually pretty direct and confrontational for Goku to say. Like, 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 like don't, don't hand me that. Like, you know, like, like talk, talk all you want, but you better confess yourself at first, which is a great line. The dialogue is really good in these episodes, I gotta say. Yeah, you know, a little bit we do get of Goku. I think that that also kind of says a lot to his character, you know, that he always does look for the good in people. And yes. in this instance, it seems to be, you know, justified. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, like, we don't get a whole lot of Goku in, any, in these episodes at all. You know, <laughs> really. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's essentially on the floor for the large part of the out. out. <laughs> I, it's kind of funny just how, like, just... Like, 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 I, I want to play a clip from Friday. Like, he, he got knocked out. <laughs> yes. Like, seriously. It is, it is funny that Vegeta did it to him. But yeah, it, we won't be seeing him versus this podcast. But, um, uh, no, I, I agree that, like, it is, it is almost like, you know, Vegeta's the classic Goku to see the good in everybody. But, um, I like the fact, like, he, like, he's, like, you know, cut the crap, Vegeta. Seriously. Like, you know, it, I, it's, it's hard to think that, Vegeta really wasn't under control of Bobbity whatsoever. He basically just did it for the power up. He was at no point did he follow anyone's commands. He just, I mean, he, he he killed people, but that was you know to kill Goku into fighting him, you know, which was not at all Bobbity's thing. And like, um, it's interesting to see because he still has the M on his forehead. So it's it's, it's interesting. yeah, that kind of con- didn't confuse me, but that part of the story because I I thought that to. Oh, what are their names? Uh, uh, Spopovich and Spof- Yes, yeah, Spopovich. I thought back to those guys. It's like, well, th- they seemed very much under his control, like mind-controlled. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, granted, Vegeta more than likely has a much more dominant personality. And, I mean, he's f***ing Vegeta. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I imagine that, yeah, he, he doesn't care, you know. And that he, he's so strong that he can just overcome any any uh, crappy... Mind control. I think he virtually did the last episode where he just basically screamed and says, "You can't take, you know, all, all of all everything about me except for my pride." Uh, but it's just it's interesting because, like, you know, they do it all and on about, "Oh, are you being controlled or not?" And he he isn't. He he's doing what he wants to do, which is kind of hilarious because Bobby's a crappy mind controller. But um, it's cool to see that Vegeta gets that tough. <laughs> One thing I want to say to mention, and this is something that's very very recently just been kind of I thought about, is that like, and I didn't really mention this, but like uh. Once he knocks out Goku, he considers, okay, I better just destroy the ship if I'm going to attack Boo this way or whatever. And then he says, you know, I don't sense Gohan's energy. He must have died. I'm sorry. Like, he, he, he genuinely feels somewhat mournful for Gohan, which that really surprised me. Like, you know, just going back to seeing it again, like, he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't, like, you know, cry over him, but, like, you know, you're the guy who killed Gohan. Like, he, he takes him seriously. And, um, it's, he, he, it's not like you, it, you don't uh, maybe once or twice in the dub, but you don't get a sense that like he's he's fighting because you know uh, it's more of a pride thing. Like more and more throughout the episode, especially by the end, it is for you know, like okay, I'm going to I'll defeat Boo, and for him to like kind of mention Gohan 
more than once, so Piccolo can hear it. I, I found that I found that kind of interesting. Did, you, did, you, did that register with you at all, or like, did you think that like uh, that was sort of like uh, just some sort of line or whatever? Yeah, that line uh, was. He says, you know, something about Gohan. He's like, I'm sorry. Yes. That, that I was like, whoa. That that kind of made me perk up. I was like, huh? Really? He because the and I I give props to the the acting there because just that line alone makes it so obvious that he is genuinely sorry about that. Like he's sorry that somebody he knew is dead. Mm-hmm. Which, shit, for all we know, that may be the very first time Vegeta's ever had that feeling. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he did apologize when Cell was about to kill everybody at, at the end of the Cellians. But I mean, that was sort of like you, you could argue that was sort of like you know we're all gonna die. So for, for what it's worth, I'm sorry. But at this point, it's like I'm legitimately regretful and mournful that this is this is what happened. Um, I, I think that was a great moment. And it's like I mean, we kind of think much of the two characters. I mean, he's known Gohan since he was a kid. Uh, he beat up Gohan in the Saiyan saga. He uh, Nearly molested him on the <laughs> um, You remember that? Yes. He, uh, he was jealous of Gohan when he came to Super Saiyan 2, but, like, you can imagine, like, you know, for Gohan to be sort of a young half-Saiyan, he does, he has to respect him in just some instances. So, so I thought it was a nice culmination of, like, whatever relationship that you might have. And I'm not, I'm not sure how much of a talking point this could be, but I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. Just in, in a, little, a little bit. Uh, speaking of half saying, yeah, I agree. I think he, I think he definitely does, but say, I definitely believe that he does respect him and have some yes. admiration for him, just being the fighter that he is. And I, th- I think if nothing else, there's definitely a, a sense of respect, despite what he said last episode, <laughs> admonish him and making fun of him and berating him. Um, but speaking of half sayings, uh, what do you think about how uh, Chunks and Gohan Ten have now sort of become enthralled in this arc? Uh, Chunks destroyed Piccolo's statue. Like, like, you know, any thoughts on those scenes at all? One, I, I, about time they got here. They got into the into the story. Right. Uh, you know, Trunks said something in this this section here that really struck me as interesting. In that, as soon as he breaks the statue, he's and he tells he says. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and it's like he would really like his prime. That that seems vaguely not necessarily villainous, but that seems a little bit of Vegeta's influence on him. You know, not necessarily directly, but that kind of streak in that Gohan or Goten would wouldn't have done. You know, done that they would have ran and told like, "Hey, I did this. I messed up." I like the that. Vegeta's son may not necessarily do that. He may not be that squeaky clean. It wasn't me. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought, I thought it was a little weird that like I could just be completely reading too much into something. But oh no no no! I thought I thought I think that, like that's that's uh, perfectly accurate. I think that like it was a little weird that that Piccolo was just you know behind them. <laughs> Don't tell anybody what. What Piccolo? Like his clothes are fine. All like your crap, but whatever. Yeah, I was like Piccolo needs no exposition. He's just alive. It is cool to see Piccolo and Krillin, you know, be concerned with things that are important again. Like they've, they've, been, they've been gone for a long time, so, like, I do like seeing them catch up and seeing their perspective because, like, it, again, because they're they're juxtaposed with Goten and Trunks who are very new to all this kind of, you know, Dragon Ball Z crap, that, like, it's, it's interesting to see them kind of, like, you know, uh, uh, those characters together. It's nice. Uh, it's just also, like, you know, whenever you saw Piccolo, Krillin, and Gohan together years ago, so I thought that was kind of a nice... Um, I, I like the pairing of those characters. 
Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? Anything else that you want to mention for this episode before we get into, like, the much better stuff? <laughs> or are we good for this? It's... Uh, I, I can't really think of any. I think, I think you pretty much mentioned everything that I, everything else that I had in, in mind. Right, yeah. Uh, we, we should probably get into what, what follows next. <laughs> Why would you say that? Dad! Why do you want me to take care of Mom? Are you going somewhere? I want you two to leave and get far away from here. As for Boo, I'll fight him alone. Ugh. Don't do that! Goten's right! We'll fight with you! You don't want to get killed, do you? You've got to let us help you, Dad! Are you in? Yeah! See? We're with you! Stop it! It's too dangerous for you two. I will finish this by myself. Come on! It'll be easier to beat him with me and Trunks! We'll gang up on him! He, he won't know what hit him! Yeah! We're tough! We could even beat that big blob without your help! Right, Trunks? You bet! Might do better than you did! Oh! Uh-oh... Trunks... You are my only son, and yet I haven't held you once since you were a baby, have I? Come here, son. Dad, what's wrong? Oh, this is embarrassing. Dad, come on. Cut it out. Trunks, there's something you must know. You've made me proud, my son. What did you do to him? Why'd you do that? What's wrong with you? Why did you do that to Trunks? You might have killed him. Why? Are you crazy? Why? Why did you do it? Tell me! Why did you do that to Trunks? You're his dad! Dads aren't supposed to do bad things to their sons! Why did you hit him? Why did you hurt him like that? Why? Why? So Trunks just... Just blasts uh, over to the, the battle scene, Super Saiyan style, followed by Goten. And um, all Piccolo says, like, oh, they're fools. And they fly right past Bobby. He's like, what the heck was that? Trunks, <laughs> Trunks rather impressively, sidekicks uh, Boo and kicks him pretty far. Like, like, like far enough to where Boo takes a while to get back. 
Um, which is, I thought was pretty impressive for uh, Kid Trunks. While he does that, Goten frees Vegeta from his uh, gooey boo prison. And Vegeta kind of rolls. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like un- un- unraveling a croissant, a crescent roll. So, uh, Vegeta kind That's of exactly ro- what I thought. I was like, man, he's been croissanted, did. Vegeta kind of rolls out like a pig's in a blanket, <laughs> and like, like like flies into the ground, and he's jacked up. I mean, he his face is completely covered in blood. Uh, his his body is like you know just wrecked and stretched up, and this is this is as as most messed up of character as I've ever seen in this series. I've never seen anybody look as worse as he does now. He is really not a good way, but uh, he's but he's still conscious enough to you know keep on keep on fighting. So um, at this point, uh, Bobby says, "Ah, who are those brats? Who knew that Vegeta had more friends?" Well, it doesn't matter. Boo is invincible. Soon they will all die. And right behind him, he says, uh, "We hear a voice saying, Boo may be a danger, but you are the true evil.'" And he turns around as Piccolo. Piccolo says, "If I can't kill Boo, at least I can kill you." Some filler stuff happens. And then uh, Bobbity says, <laughs> You fool, if you kill me, you'll never be able to seal Boo, and then he'll destroy the world. And Piccolo says, And how is that any different from what you intended? So Bobby's a bit stuck at this bit of logic. He says, uh, Boo, hurry, kill this guy! <laughs> kill him, please! Piccolo's like, F- you die! And slices him in half <laughs> with his entire arm. Awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this was like, uh, awesome, yeah. Like you said, man. I just, as soon as he appeared, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> I was about to get down. Like, I don't, I don't just like Bobby. I know you like Bobby, but that was, that was, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, so, Bobby, he keeps yelling after it's going to be split in half. Yeah, I, I was just going to mention, Bob, Bobby, like, like, as his body parts fly, fly to the ground, says, but I was going to be the ruler of the world. They can't kill me. And then Piccolo spits. <laughs> like a boss, it's what I do. So, um, so, uh, this seemingly was witnessed by Trunks, Goten, and Vegeta, who's up now. Uh, Vegeta is kind of like staring off into, into the sky and says, Listen, son, take care of your mother for me. And Trunks is like, What? What are you talking about? Where, are you going somewhere? Why would you ask me that, Dad? And Vegeta starts to just look off and smile. So he says, like, what, what do you mean take care of your mother? You two need to leave right now. I'm fighting Boom on myself. I'm going to finish this. And Trunks is like, no, no, don't. You'll be killed. He's way too powerful, Dad. We need to fight him together. And we're not scared, are we, Goten? Goten's like, no, we're not scared. We'll fight him. <laughs> and one point, you know, we, we probably don't even need your help. And they, they shut their mouths. Cause <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they realized what they just said. That was, that was, that was cute. So, um... That they're both shot, and then Vegeta's like still stare up in space. He says, "Trunks, you're my only son, but ever since you were a baby, I never held you even once, have I? Come here, son." And Trunks like, "Oh, Dad, this is embarrassing." So when Vegeta's like, you know, non-useless arm, he uh, uh, brings Trunks to his body and hugs him for a very long time. <laughs> like, like as as blood is running down his face, there there is a solid like two minutes of like him grasping onto his son. So he says, take care, Trunks. Listen, I'm proud of you. And this gets Trunks' attention. He's like, what? And kind of looks up to, uh, looks up to Vegeta. And as he, as he looks up, Vegeta kind of, you know, takes his one of his, one of his arms and, like, to the side of, uh, out of Trunks' uh, line of vision, chops him in the back of the neck. And Trunks just, like, falls unconscious. Like, that, that takes Trunks, Trunks out 
immediately. Vegeta is particularly talented in knocking people out, which is evidenced by Goten, because um, Goten is horrified by this, and, uh, and just like, yells, what, what did you do, Chucks? What are you doing? What's, wrong? What's the matter with you? And this entire scene is witnessed by Piccolo, who's far away, and kind of realizes what Vegeta is doing. So well, Goten just pleads with Vegeta, like, like, like uh, desperately, um, and Vegeta, I can only imagine because Goten looks so much like Goku, just socks Goten in the gut. <laughs> and uh, Goten shuts up and falls unconscious as well, flat on his face. Krillin witnesses this, and uh, as Piccolo flies towards uh, Vegeta and the others, they hear Boo sinking to himself and very, very slowly walking towards them. So uh, Vegeta, um, talking to Piccolo, says, Take these two as far as you can. You all need to leave. And Piccolo's like, yes, of course. He picks up Chunks and Goten with, with both arms. And um, looks at Vegeta says, you'll die. You do know that. And Vegeta's not just staring, staring away from him. I just want to know one thing. Will I be able to see Kakarot in the afterlife? And Piccolo pauses for a second and then says, you and I are a kindred spirit, Vegeta. We do not dispense in bullshit, so I'll be blunt. <laughs> when, when Goku died he sacrificed his life to save the entire planet it wasn't the first time he did it and he spent the entire exist, his entire existence helping others and, and fighting those who are weaker than him you haven't done that you, you spent your entire life causing too much pain you've killed too many people let's just say when you die that won't happen to you and we'll get, we'll, we'll get into that scene a bit um, Vegeta almost kind of, kind of barely resigns to his face as Oh well then. I'll go now. Quickly. Get out of here. So flies off. Screams to Krillin. Krillin! We, don't, we need to leave right now. We need to get as far with her as possible. So Krillin falls after him. Boo says, No! Don't go away! Fight me! And uh, But Vegeta says, No, Boo! You'll fight me! They are no concern of you! You big fat-ass balloon freak! So, uh, <laughs> again, this insults Boo, so he starts steaming from his head. So, um, at this point, um, Vegeta says, I finally figured out how to beat you. And just in powers up enormously. Like, like he just shoots out his energy so so furiously that like the sky around him gets dark. And um the air just starts just starts smoking away. It almost just like, kinda of profusely just like uh emits from his body in a way we've never seen before. Krillin is flying at Krillin and Piccolo are flying at top speed and Krillin says, Why are we leaving Vegeta? He knows he won't be able to make it on his own. He'll die! What is he thinking? And Piccolo says, for the first time ever, he's fighting for someone other than himself, putting his fate in his own hands and giving his life for it. Cut back to Vegeta. As, as his, his power energy is just, just emitting just, just really brightly. <laughs> Boo says, I know I'll turn you into peanut butter and jelly or cracker and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Vegeta smiles and says, You are a fool! I'm going to crush you and throw you into the wind. <laughs> Boo's eyes kind of bug out at that. And his final words are, to himself, Farewell, Bulma, Trunks, and even you, Kakarot. And with all of his strength, he emits an intense uh, just energy blast uh, exploding from inside of his body, and it and it goes about as far as the eye can see. It just encompasses so much ground. It takes up so much space. 
Boo is actually evaporated by this. And miles and miles away, Piccolo and Krillin can see just how enormous of an energy blast Vegeta's putting out. Uh, and they're horrified. Like, Krillin just screams, Vegeta! And Piccolo can't even be brought to see it. And Vegeta's just blown, just, he, he, he just disintegrates from his own energy. And as this episode ends, the narrator says, and so with a flash of light, the last remaining Saiyan is dead. His name was Vegeta, a proud Saiyan warrior. Oi, 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 oi. Have you ever... I don't know what the, the literary device is called or what the idea is, but there's... Have you ever seen something, like, something said, like, like specifically, Vegeta, a proud Saiyan warrior? That's one of the first things Vegeta said when he landed. That's, uh, that's yeah. his mantra. It's and to hear it, to hear it now, it in light of these events, it takes on a completely different connotation. That's a good to me, anyway. To, to me, yeah. it, it it illustrates you know how much of a sacrifice he's made and what he's willing to fight for. When you know, as opposed to what where this character was when we first met him. Mm-hmm. This is because I think this is. Okay. Go ahead. No, yeah, you go ahead. I was saying, yeah, I think this this that perfectly perfectly says everything about the character that that has gone on in this short amount of time in these episodes here. Mm-hmm. He he is he, that's that's a great way to look at it. He is, he has become like like at the very end. In the end, he became what he always bright he was. Like you know, I'm a saying word. This this saying word that you can truly say that now. He. Went out like 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 the best. Okay, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh boy, this this I, I'm I I don't want to shortchange this scene because this is this is this is like a contender for like greatest scene in the series. Uh, definitely one of the most popular. Definitely one of the most iconic. It's uh, there's so much going on in the scene, so much going on in this, in this episode that it's just it's really it's really damn good. I mean I, I mean I've seen this scene like in. Several versions. Uh, even I mean, the, the Japanese version is great. Like, like Sayonara, Burama, Tronksu, Kakarato. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. It's just like like, like the, the, his death, his his sacrifice. That just in terms of like that's visually. What what how what did you think about that? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. How he goes out. I mean, he goes out with it with explosion of, of pure power, which you know we've seen Vegeta do that before. Uh, but yeah, once again, just to see see him doing it for the reason he is, and seeing him go out the hero was like, man, yeah. I was just like, you know, fist pumping, like, yes, this is awesome. Even though it sucks, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, for his last words or last thoughts to be about Bulma and Trunks and Kakarot, like. You know, we haven't seen him mention Boma in forever, and you know he has his moment with Trunks, but for that to be his top priority in his mind, above himself and above everything else, really goes a long way to, to, to show you this character and yeah. to tell you what you need to know. You know what what where he's at. Like he's finally admitted to himself. Like and Piccolo says that he's controlling his own fate. Right. Yeah. No. It's just it's. This is uh here's the character development you're talking about, Daniel. <laughs> this is this is this is right here. 
the culmination of this character who um I think Vegeta is probably the the the, the best written character in the series, I would say. Because even when he was like an out and out bad guy, he was tenacious and we were interested in seeing what he was doing, whether it was on when it was like when it was fighting Goku or, or Gohan and Krillin or on Namek fighting Frieza's men. Like he was he was so damn interesting. And he's only got he's only grown like his his stock has grown so much where like it's this is a serious payoff for an investment in this character, I think. Like th- this was a I mean, for somebody who said like, "Oh, well, I don't like drawing serious stuff," or "I'm not good at drawing, uh, writing serious stuff," this is this is this is this is brilliance. I think it's it it's it's really really emotional. I mean, I'm not the kind of guy to cry at stuff. I don't typically cry when I see fiction or whatever, and I didn't cry at this. But I I was I was I've not seen this in a while. I, I knew it was coming, and I was I was truly moved by the end. I really really was because it really is like seeing this kind of guy, this guy who. who you know, tried to conquer Earth, who killed his own henchmen, who killed children on Namek, you know, who repeatedly betrayed the good guys, you know, betrayed them in the Cell, cell, uh, cell Saga. Like, you know, he was so consistently evil. And to see, and to see, see like, him, him really become a good guy, like, like from the ground up, like, to, like, to the, to the, one of the most noble acts you can see a character do, it's, it's, it's beholding to see. It, it's truly... Something to see when, it, when it's done well. I mean, this is this is just so. It's 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 so it's just so good. This is so good. It really is. And um, I mean, uh, man, I I, I don't. This is, this is one of those things that, like, you know, I'd seen clips of before Funimation dubbed it. Like, like in music videos and stuff, like like the image of like uh, the camera zooming out while he blows himself up. But like it's just that's just so awe inspiring. It's like wow, like the animation's excellent. Uh, but like that, that shot of like the of the explosion just like growing and growing and growing from wide out is amazing. It's I I don't know. <laughs> it's it's terrific. It really is. Uh, what else? Yeah, the the animation in these couple episodes has been amazing. Like just the detail and the sharpness of it. Yes, I was really impressed with how not only has the story picked up and just gotten amazing, but the art seemed to like also follow that same trajectory. Mm-hmm. And you know, on one hand, if if forced to like show somebody Dragon Ball, if somebody said, "Hey, you know, sell me on Dragon Ball," I, I would say this scene. But I think it would only have the same effect if you knew where the character came from. It's still a good scene, regardless. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't be as strong if you didn't have, if you didn't hadn't seen everything that came before it. Yeah, well, like context. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, just the animation and the, the animation and the storytelling alone is has been superb. And just this is you know how you end an episode and hell yeah. And how you end a character like you know if this is the last we see of Vegeta, it would it would be a, a good send off to the character. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is uh this might be the best death in the series. I think because a lot of the a lot of this, the deaths the deaths have either been violent, hilarious, or or good. Yeah, and I, I think that Vegeta's first death was actually very good, but this 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 is just this this really like compounds on that. This this, this outdoes that in every in every sense of the word. 
man, man. Um, the, the, backing up a little bit, um, the fact that Vegeta, like, and I mentioned before, like, I'm looking at, on, at the image, like, you know, you, you know that part where he says, you know, goodbye, Bulma, Chunks, Kakarot, and like, the, the kind of like, you know, like a painted image of him, which I, I like when anime does it. Like, you know, you know that image you're talking about, like, where you kind of see his face smiling? Like, yes, he, okay, yeah. He's so jacked up. He's so bloody. Like, uh, in terms of, like, like the force of Majin Buu, okay, this is, this is the, the last arc of Dragon Ball Z. We've seen bad guys be threatening. We've seen bad guys be powerful. We've seen bad guys, you know, uh, go beyond our expectations, uh, the characters' expectations. We've seen bad guys beat up the characters. How much do you buy that, like, Vegeta was brought, brought to this point where, like, he had no other way to, 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 to win, and Boo was that invisible. I'm not, I'm not saying whether it was or wasn't. Like, in terms of, like, your viewing of it, how much do you buy that, like, that, that Boo was seriously this much of a threat that, like, uh, Vegeta was brought to this? You know, I'll say that on one hand, you can, you can say, oh, well, you know, this happens all the time. The next threat's always going to be worse. But... You kind of have to go with it. You kind of that—that's the progression of the storytelling. The next threat's got to be worse than the last. You know, you have to constantly up the stakes. Mm-hmm. And from what we've seen of Boo, I mean, he's—he—he he hasn't just jobbed characters like out of the blue. So it was, in, you know, so far in that he's been appear that he, his appearances have been. So it it comes naturally enough in the screen t- in the amount of screen time we've gotten with Boo, and I think he's unique enough of a character and a, an approach to a character that. I buy it, and that I I can get behind it. I think that like um, I I, I will say that like uh, his um okay swerve he's not dead, <laughs> but um I think that like his his he's definitely interesting. He's definitely engaged. He's immediately engaging because he is so different. His regeneration uh, uh, ability really wears thin. Because like it it happens all the time. Characters will punch him or or uh, tear through him. He just regenerates. Like like this goes on on and on and on. It really really kind of like gets old to where like you know not only is it not surprised but it's like you know okay God I really kind of can beat him. That being said, the Z fighters have never run up to somebody who can like you know come back from an attack that quickly. And it because seemingly Boo's not done, had had any damage done to him. He does seem invincible. So on that merit, I buy it. But I, I'm kind of—I guess I'm kind of like thinking ahead of time as to how much they'll kind of like you know like like I go from that well. But at, at this point, if I, you know, looking from Virginia's perspective and everyone else's perspective, it does certainly seem hopeless. So um, I, I, I would say that like it, he does certainly seem invincible, and he is virtually invincible. Uh, so at, th- at this point, it is—it does seem like he is a, a major threat. Later on, though. Well, he is a threat. It's sort of a, a repetitive threat. So it's like, okay, God, seriously, what can freaking hurt him? So that's that's sort of like where I'm coming from. I I do like that also. That Boo does seem generally more invincible than any other character. Like, you know, you punch him, you leave an imprint, and he just instantly, you know, pops up. It's not at this point. It doesn't seem like you like Boo can be stopped by any physical attack. So it's not like oh, if he just got strong enough to hit. To hit him, you know, he's too fast. He's too nothing like that. It's it's just that, yeah, he he is almost like not not even a solid. He's you know he's just gelling. It's like the blob, you know. You can just punch and punch and punch. Right. So it's he he kind of transcends a physical threat at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he um, he's kind of come back from anything, really, essentially, virtually. 
Like, you know, so many times we're like, oh, why does it, Krillin just use his destructor disc and chop off somebody's head? They really can't do that here. So you, you, you imagine that he yeah, would that, that wouldn't work. <laughs> right. Which, which, which I suppose is a good way to go with the villain. Kind of like, like, think outside the box. It still feels a little bit too much like Cell, because Cell regenerated a lot. But it is, it's just different enough for I, I roll with it. Um, it's also because, like, you know, it is really tiring to hear, like, you know, I'm a villain. Oh, you can't fight me. Like, you know, punch them and, like, they don't move or whatever. That, that's repetitive, but it, it, it works, it works enough. It's a, it's a similar enough idea that you kind of, you kind of think of older, old, older characters, but it's different enough where, like, it just, it doesn't bother me or isn't bothering as of yet. What do you think about the, the, uh, the end of Baba D? I'll say shift to the eye. <laughs> Man. Sad to see him go. Okay, not really. Uh, I love that scene just because of the pure awesome that was Piccolo. Oh, yeah. Um, and man, it, it was awesome to see Bobby go out like that. Like, like I, I legitimately enjoyed his, his, his scenes in, in these episodes because he's been such a little shit, you know, like you said. And yeah. he was such an irritating bad guy. I was like, man, die. I can't wait to see this. This is going to be good. You know, the anticipation alone. Because, <laughs> you know, he was egging, egging everybody on and just taking such delight in, in Majin Buu. Uh, and, and on a sidebar, I did like that his character has been described as a wizard, and he's actually using spells in some of these episodes with Barrier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool, and that kind of does more to separate him from, from your average enemies. So, yeah, to see Piccolo just... Once again, Piccolo, being vastly outpowered, still manages to be a complete boss in these episodes. I know he he he's he's so needed a moment like this. <laughs> like this this was, I, I was really thirsty for a Piccolo scene like, like like this, and this really was worth it because Piccolo is like, Piccolo is the kind of character that's like like give the villain no pause. Like he's gonna kill him if he needs to. So it was it was one of those things that was that was very uncompromising in a good way. Um, and I, I, just, I just couldn't help but laugh. I was a little annoyed because I, I read what I did was I read uh, I watched the first three episodes of our of our coverage. Then I read the manga bits, and then I read the, all the manga bits, and then I got back to the episodes. So, like the original scene with Piccolo and Babadi is pretty much like how, how I described it in the synopsis. Where you know, but Piccolo shows up behind him. Probably like ah ah ah, you need me to seal Boo up. He's like, like how's that different than you know uh, him destroying the world? Uh oh, Boo, help me! And then. Piccolo chops him. There was a way more like like subterfuge, like you know, Bobby spitting like or th- throwing like some weird bodily fluid on Piccolo that did nothing. Um, I don't know why. Uh, Piccolo like you know attacking the barrier as though he needed to. Like uh, I, it, it was. I, I do prefer the Mega one because it's, it's a lot you know cut the crap and kind of just like slice it down. But it was. It was, it was I guess you need to pad the episode out a bit. Um, but uh, we should. Talk about this uh, the final scene between uh, Vegeta and Chunks because we've never seen Vegeta act this. I mean, we've, we've talked about it a bit. Oh, Vegeta's you know acting a little bit more fatherly towards Chunks as we would imagine in the saga. But like, this is I think this this is this equals his death scene in terms of like you know best scenes for the character like his interaction with Chunks and just how I, I, yeah, I love how Chunks and Goten react to him and they're so enthusiastic. But Vegeta's very. Like, you know, like, like I, I know what you're capable of, and I'm proud of you. Now, let me save your life violently. <laughs> what were you thinking about the, the, the chunks of Vegeta scene? It was touching, and then, yeah, for him to neck chop. I loved it. Like, it, it felt in character. 
but also like like more than we've seen before from him, especially you know in regards to being a father. How do you mean by that? Well, like we haven't seen him be well, like you said, you know, he's never hugged him, and like he, to see him do that, that was shocking. But then to see him turn around and you know neck chop him, that fit in the character. So I think if we if he didn't have that aspect of it, he wouldn't have seemed like the same person. It would have been like too far afield from what we know. Yeah, he did like a Vulcan, uh, like you know, nerve <laughs> <laughs> I I like that because like. Um, on the one hand, it's a, it's a lot reminiscent to uh, Future Trunks and Future Gohan, where Gohan, Gohan did that to Trunks, uh, so Trunks can't catch a break. But um, on the other hand, or, but like similarly, I really enjoy Goten in this. Uh, first of all, like like they're hugging for like you know an ungodly in, unending amount of time. Goten just starts sucking his thumb. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense to me. It's like he 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 doesn't know what to do, and I imagine seeing that he, he may may even miss his own father. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like he, he's going to regress a little bit there. Right. Yeah, th- 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 that was that was funny, but, like, I do like... First of all, I like him... Him... Like, that's, that, that, right after Trunks uh, uh, gets knocked out, and Goten's just, like, just, like, beside himself. He's he's horrified that, like, he just... Because, again, he's not really... I mean, in this context, he's not really used Vegeta acting like Vegeta. Because Vegeta's always under the context of, you know, living at Capsule Corporation. So he's probably not seen Vegeta act really rough. And you know they've not they've not fought a lot of bad guys themselves, so they're a lot, they're a lot they're really new to a lot of the excuse me, rougher edges of the characters. So to see Vegeta take out Trunks that way, I like the fact that Goten had a really hor- a really bad reaction to that. It's like you know, and it's like like you know, fathers aren't supposed to hit their sons. Why did you do that? Why? Why? I thought that was actually pretty touching, and that it was it was kind of cool because like in the foreground is Piccolo seeing all this from the background or, or from you know from far away, so. There's a there's larger things going on here, but Goten's like just concerned, like you know, like like you you can't hit your your son. Like I thought that that was seeing a kid react to that was that was because it's it's a bit more in the anime, but it also it also is in the manga. That, that's a really I thought that was a really sweet touch personally, and he punches him in the stomach, which I thought was funny. I agree. Yeah, like it's like ah, that's for going. That's for Kakarot. <laughs> I know. Oh, one thing I want to mention from earlier when um Vegeta first is about to fight Boo, and they start hallucinating about Goku. I, I, th- I thought that was annoying. At that point, uh, we, we got the point. You know, we we know why he's fighting Boo. I thought that was very very distracting. I just I just want to mention that. Yeah, I you know I thought it was gonna go somewhere. I thought it like he says, oh, is he playing tricks on me? I thought he was going to end up being like Boo was going to look like him or something. But, yeah, that, that's another kind of that. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Um, well, later on, he's dressed like him, but never mind. But, um, yeah, at first, he's, I thought it was kind of, oh, he's first flashing Goku, and then we get into some, like, flashback crap. Like, ah, please, toy animation, leave us alone. But, anyway, back, back to the more interesting stuff. Um, so, the scene between Piccolo and Vegeta, um, it's interesting because First of all, like like uh, we have these two really badass like Dark Horse characters that are having a pretty cool scene together, which which they've not had much time together in the series. I mean, the, the one moment I remember is uh in the in the Android arc where like uh they almost get the blows when um, Piccolo says, "Okay, we're about to fight the androids. And if you think you're gonna be useless, stay behind." And then Vegeta says, "Aren't you useless?" And they're like, "You want to try me?" So I thought this is an, an interesting parallel to that, where like we see the kind of characters at the end here. 
Um, but mainly, Piccolo, the, the, the moral of this, of this story is Piccolo telling Vegeta straight up, you're going to hell. Like this, as, as big of a sacrifice as this is, this isn't, this isn't uh, advocating you of the many crimes you committed and in the entirety of your life, you know, by a ratio. Um, cause it's actually kind of different in, in various versions. Like, like, but the point is still, still across. In the, in the translated version of, of the uh, manga, he talks about like how you, um, your soul will be banished to a place quite different from Goku. There, your uh, what is it? There, your uh, soul will be. Uh, you will lose your body. And your soul will be reincarnated into a completely new form after it's cleansed of his memories in this new world. And, like, that's that's slightly different than the original Japanese text. I think he very much kinds of issues like, home. But, basically, like, like, like the, the ultimate uh, uh, thesis, is, thesis, the ultimate point is that Piccolo is saying, like, you know, Vegeta is saying, well, I see Kakarot in the afterlife. Not only will you not see Kakarot, you're going to hell. You won't, you will cease to exist in hell. And Vegeta is like, you know, that doesn't stop him from doing what he needs to do, which I thought was pretty. Honestly, I thought it was actually pretty epic. What did you think? Oh, I agree. That I think that makes him make a, makes his sacrifice even more poignant because he knows like there's no reward for him. There's no chance to even you know get his wish of fighting Kakarot again. Right. And he won't. Yeah. He, yeah. It's like all right, and he's still willing to do it. It's it's. You kind of want to be sad for the character, but at the same time, it's like you know, I like the fact that this, this we've not forgotten what you did in the Nanak Saga. <laughs> Come on, now. Yeah, it's like we won't forget what you did like a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like earlier in the day, like that was that was really good too. And uh, Pic- but Piccolo still respects him. He's sort of, he's he's being blunt with him, but he's not saying you know fuck you, Vegeta, like like this or that or the other. Like uh, he um he's being very direct, but he's also you know, like you know. He <laughs> saves his child and um, tells Krillin that he's going to sacrifice himself, and he's, he's a noble warrior for it. So it was it was another great scene between two great characters, and you know Piccolo wasn't all that different from Vegeta a long time ago. So it's interesting to hear from him that kind of like a uh, uh, future telling us what's, what's happened to him. This is this is just a, a freaking brilliant episode altogether. This or the or in chapter. This just really uh, this 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 really. I have a hard. I mean. It's it's easy now because we're kind of away from you know Gohan going Super Saiyan two and Goku becoming Super Saiyan and all that kind of stuff. But like, I have a hard time seeing what stacks up to this in terms of like writing it overall. Like like this really is as epic as um as fandom would tell you. Uh, so, uh, really, okay, Jesse, you're in the driver's seat of like the new viewer. Like just how how does this rate overall? Is this like you know an interesting turning point in the arc and the series, or did this like you know is this like you know did you think this is, like, really, really good? Did you think this is, like, pretty good? Did you think this is, like, you know, does this rate up there with your favorite moments? Like, the this general Vegeta-ishness, how does, how does it rate to you? It's it's up there with my favorite moments, if not probably one of, like, maybe the top three. Just because I can't think of any right now that top it. Mm-hmm. But this is probably the longest payoff. This is, yeah. it seems like a culmination of what we've seen so far. And... Particularly as a character, Vegeta, as a character that I've been introduced to with this series. Like this, there's no extra baggage from Dragon Ball. This is pure, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Right. I've seen every bit of art this character has gone under, over, yes. through whatever. And, yeah, so it's, it seems so rewarding to, you know, see where the show's gone with it. Excellent, excellent. And, well, yeah, you know, 
at this point, this show just keeps getting better and better, and it's on an upward arc. And yeah, we've had hit and misses with episodes and beats, but for every, you know, for, for whatever, however else I felt about this arc so far, this scene right here redeems it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like, like, oh, the fight in the ship was was you know repetitive and slow. Yeah, like, well, if, if we forget to this, and then we'll gladly take more of it <laughs> with a Mega Man fight sequence. Um, no, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it because like you know I, I do wonder at times like you know I really I really like the scene, but I'm so familiar with the series does it really rate to new a new viewer? Yeah, I think I think I think you made a good point that like you know the scene means so much less if you're without the context that Vegeta used to be. A really bad guy. Like if he says, "Oh, he's saying goodbye to his family." Well, anybody with a family would say that. But the fact that he was—he didn't have a family at first and was a, was a villain—that means a lot more. And especially, which is why I think that, like, um, going back to Daniel's email, I think that like it was important to see. Especially, it actually adds a lot to make Vegeta as pure evil as he possibly could and have him voluntarily kind of come out of that before he did this. It kind of really puts a final period on the character it kind of really shows you what he has become throughout everything even with the idea with the, the thought of fighting Goku again dangling from his face he put, he does end up putting his family first and he's a good I mean he's a good guy now there's, there's no getting around it he, at this point he is a good guy he's a Z fighter he's not somebody with his own goals or an anti-hero he, he has become a full-pitched good guy yeah, yeah he this is his heroic moment here that's what I thought when watching I was like he's a he's a He's a hero right now. And it's also really cool for me, like, to, uh, to see the character, like, you know, I'll fight Boo, and him being, like, the protagonist that we, that we need to rely on. Not for, like, you know, well, somebody has to fight Boo. It's like, you're like, okay, we, we, we know we can rely on Vegeta. That, that, that part was cool, because we've not seen that before, um, which was a nice change of pace. But, no, this is just, this, this, I mean, from top to bottom, that's, like, the writing. And, like, I, the, again, the the... One part I'm really glad that we saw was that um, the version we watched had the original Japanese score, and there were lots of moments where the scores wasn't present, and just let the moments play for themselves without you know any intrusive music. So I'm glad that happened too. Like uh, a lot of times, like you know, you would just hear like, like the the wind blowing, like uh, or the, the interminable hug between Vegeta and Trunks, which I'm, I'm glad it was, it was as long as it was because that that, that needs to be that needs to be long, that needs to be meaningful. Um. It's too bad that we didn't see up to this point more scenes with him and Bulma because that, that would have been nice because we've not really seen them together since I don't even know when. But um, yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but like, uh, oh well. <laughs> At least it says Trunks take care of your mother, not not Trunks have fun with Goten. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that. Have fun with Kakarot's child. Dear. Ah uh, man. Uh I don't know. Is there? Is there? <laughs> Bob, I was about to say, do we have anything else? Because I feel like we're just, you know, repeating ourselves here. Like, yeah, we, it's awesome. We <laughs> we definitely run run that risk. I'm sure we've, we've done that more than once. But uh, yeah, I, I, just to make sure there's not, not anything covered uh, or that we're not not covered. I think that's pretty much all we can cover in terms of like this episode. It's just, just it's great. It's awesome, and these are the reasons why. Um. I will say this, and this this might get into uh, the next uh, month or several of our co- of our coverage. Considering where the arc ends up, I would have preferred the Boo arc to end here. And it's one of those things where, like, like that has been brought up before, where like, uh, you know, um, uh, oh, what what if this really did finish off Boo? Because I mentioned before that, that he's he's still be back in the next episode, but like, um. 
if because it kind of, I, I, I don't think I'm spoiling things by saying that, but like well, I guess I am, but like you know nothing too internal because we have so many, so many episodes in the series left. But it, 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 on, on one hand, it does kind of make sacrifice be a bit like you know Chatsu's. <laughs> uh, but um, other than it was, it, it, I think it would mean more for Virginia sacrifice if uh, a villain. An invisible villain was taken out this way, but I, I don't think it detracts too much. Ultimately, it's still awesome. Yeah, I think I think that the difference would be that, like, no one would bad an eye that Chaozu would do this. This is significant because right. it shows that Vegeta is willing to do this. So it may not be as significant to on Buzin, but for Vegeta, it is tremendously significant. That's a great point. Very, 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 very astute tonight. <laughs> um, Thank. You. I think I finally understand you. Let's go. Huh? What's Vegeta up to, Piccolo? He's crazy. He won't make it. That monster is going to eat him alive. For the first time, Vegeta is fighting for someone other than himself. Controlling his own fate. flash of light, having made the ultimate sacrifice for the sake of his loved ones. His name was Vegeta, a proud Saiyan prince. Ah, uh, gosh, yeah, I, I, I think that's all I, all I can think about um, in terms of the bring up. Better bring up the schedule then. Oh gosh, it's next month in July, which um, we might end up getting... 
I, I, I was about to say, you know, that's that's Comic Con month, and usually that's where I tend to go. I was about to say we might end getting the episode a bit earlier, but Comic Con is actually like in the last month of July, so I might I might do it like you know a month from now. Excuse me, a month from now as usual. Um, and next month in the month of July, we will see Dragon Ball. Z, we will go over Dragon Ball Z original episodes two thirty eight through two forty four. Seven episodes again. <laughs> Hopefully they're good. Um, and that will be manga chapters two seventy four through two seventy nine. So uh, be on the lookout for that in the month of July on the next dimension. So Jesse, this has been a fairly uh, breathtaking uh, set of episodes for us to talk about. Any final words? Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> so be it. Uh, my favorite body line was, pow, 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 ow, 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 or whatever it is you say, boo. <laughs> um, oh, Bobbity. Those, those always have a special place in our hearts as I'm staring into the camera. Um, thank you very much for listening to this month's edition of the Next Dimension DBC Podcast. See you guys later. Adios. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. Next time on the next dimension, we will cover Back to the Nightmare, Bobbity's Revenge, and the Zizu. See you soon. the two boys as far away from here as possible. Go now, of course. It's time. Hurry! You'll die. You know that. one thing I'd like to know. Tell me, will I meet that clown Kakarot in the other world? I'm not going to lie to you, Vegeta, although the answer may be difficult for you to hear. This is the truth. 
Joker devoted his life to protecting the lives of others. Because of his selflessness, when he died, he was allowed to keep his body and travel to King Kai's planet. You, on the other hand, have spent your life in pursuit of your own selfish desires. You've caused too much pain. When you die, you will not receive the same reward. Oh well. So be it. That will be all. Get out of here, and hurry! You stay! You fight Boo! Yes! That's right! Huh? Your fight is with me! The others are of no concern to you! Got it? You big bloated balloon freak! Oh, we don't like you! Boo angry! <laughs> you talk mean to Boo? Hurry, Krillin! You have to get away from here right now! Yeah, right.